wing to the near side. Snap back. They give it off to Anthony Grant. Picks his way to the left. Inside the 40, 35, 30. Quick to tackle. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody's thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium. Upside down right now. Three eligible to the near side. Back to throw is Morgan. Gets hit dropped. Oh, he got drilled at the 18-yard line. Ty Robinson's second sack of the year. I think he took his shoes off with that hit. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. I love that uh, that line. Nobody's singing about work today before a Husker game. It actually happened the day before a Husker game. It's which, been a while. Which we haven't had for a while. But that's where we are today. We got through the bye week. I'm glad this isn't a bye week show. I'm glad this isn't a bye week in general. Right? This, uh, the, the program's got a little bit of momentum right now. It's like... Uh, and, you know, it's like when you start getting hot at the end of a golf round. Not that I would know what that's like, but you get hot on the 18th hole and you birdie it. And you're like, hey, how about another nine right there? That's kind of that's kind of how I feel with Nebraska football right now. But nonetheless, the bye week is over. I hope you got your yard work done. I I did a lot of mulching. I mean, I got a lot of mulching done this weekend. So enough mulching done that we should be able to get through the rest of the season and well into the spring before I have to do that again. We hit our pumpkin patch yesterday. You, hit your, you got your pumpkin patch checked off the list. How did that go, by the way? It was phenomenal. Had a great time. Yeah, great great weather yesterday. Yeah. Great weather for that. So good. All right. So hopefully everyone's bye weeks checklists are done. We are back to a big day of football, big day of sports overall tomorrow, but a big day of uh, football, which we'll be we'll be talking about here. And uh, we welcome in that you, Caleb, there. We welcome in Mike Schaefer from Husker twenty four seven. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm good. good. Uh, you don't you don't enjoy your your random Saturday with no Nebraska affiliation. There's to it? good things about it. There's definitely good things about it, but I. I, I don't. I I prefer this. I'm I'm preferring. Is it because you're excited about the six games ahead? Kind of. Yeah. It's weird. Good. It's a weird feeling. I, I wanted you to say that. I, I wanted you to be like, yeah. I, I'm actually looking forward. Yeah. It's like I, people are kind of a little bit. You're like, you know, it could be fun. I mean, and it's like everyone's got the no. That's exactly uh, how the I battered feel. syndrome going here. Yeah. They just don't want to. No, you know. that's exactly how I feel. Like the next few weeks could be like at least this is how I look at them. I like I look. This could be. This could be potentially fun. This could be stringing some wins together in a way, and I know we've harped on this, but in a way that Nebraska hasn't done in forever, stringing multiple wins together, getting a sense of momentum that this program hasn't had in years. This is phenomenal to hear from you, to to Mike's point, because outside of the 2020 season, where we were still a few days out from the first game of the season, by this time of the year, you've been kind of beat down just saying, man, I don't want to do this I anymore. have. I have. There's no doubt about it. And especially once we get into November. Yeah, and, which is I, wild because this is the third straight year that after six games, Nebraska is three and three. See, that is it interesting. It feels so different why, at three and three Why right does now, it? Though. Yeah, why, I, I, you're right. Well, here's why. Why does it feel this way now? At no point in the first six games would you say you feel like Nebraska has caught its stride. They have a new coaching staff, so you're not redoing every conversation about the team. They have a sophomore quarterback who just had the first basically four games of his career. I mean, you can count the the fourth quarter against Colorado if you really want right. for the fifth game. Um, 
And they have a defense that I think people are, like, excited to see on the field every time out at this point. And this isn't insignificant. They won before a bye week, setting up, like, two straight Saturdays in a row in which there's not sadness, which is close to a record high for the last decade. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And to your your point, I think – in these in these other years, the, the 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 real sadness kind of set in maybe a couple of weeks after after where we are right now. It sure. was probably like more week eight because well, that's... last year you were at three and three, and then you had the loss to Purdue at Purdue, and then you went you had Illinois come here and kind of mm-hmm. and the Casey and Thompson you know. injury, and after that things felt different. Two years ago, you were at three and three. And you had Michigan come in for that huge night game when you were three and three. So enthusiasm was definitely still up then. Yeah. At this point, um, although that was on October 9th, the season started earlier that year because it was a week zero game. So that's part of the reason we're feeling that way. But that game was on October 9th. You lose that, and then you go to Minnesota and you lose that game, 30 to 23, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Purdue's coming in in Lincoln, and then you know, and then you don't win again the rest of the year. Uh, after that Northwestern game uh, that happened on October 2nd. So that's part of the reason. But, yeah, that's it's an interesting point, Mike. But, yes, I guess it's because of what you said. You feel like you're trending up, although you probably felt that way in 2021, too, I, I would uh, think. No? I don't know. 2021 was so much of, oh, they're right there, you know? Right, right. I, I remember I wrote a column in 2021 after the Oklahoma game that I was – at that point, incredibly tired of hearing how close Nebraska was. Mm-hmm. It was after the Oklahoma game that year. If you don't remember, they were the greatest 3-9 and nine team that ever existed. Right, right. Every yes. game was a one-touchdown loss, effectively. Right. So, I, I mean, I, part of it, I think a big part of it is just Matt Rule. You have a new coach, fresh outlook. They are doing a nice job of putting content out there that makes the team look interesting. It makes him look interesting, mm-hmm. unique, different than what we'd covered for quite some time. Yeah. 2019, I mean, they were actually 4-2 and two in 2019. They yeah. were at, in a better spot. They had just... Had game day. They had just... They had had the game day, but then they came back and won the next week with uh, the Northwestern field game field goal winner in that game. Uh, then they went to Minnesota uh, and lost 34-7 to in that game. Happy was birthday, that Was that the hoodie man. game? Was that the hoodie game? Yeah, that was a hoodie, hoodie gate that, game. That yeah. was hoodie, yep. hoodie gate game. And then they had Indiana come into Lincoln. Again, had a quarterback injury that year. That kind of changed things. And, yeah, things things went downward from there as well. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe it takes one more week to be in kind of new territory here. Um, but that's possible here at this point. And what's interesting, you mentioned, you referenced this, Mike, and I think it's a good place to start, too. And you're talking a little bit about mindset of the fan base. Um, it has been fascinating to me the way that Matt Rule, not only in the press conferences, but you referenced some of the content, mm-hmm. the large amount of content that this program is putting out right now. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube, go to the Huskers page, uh, and look up, uh, I can't remember the name of the series now. Do you remember it? Uh, is it like Rewind? GBR Rewind. Rewind. GBR, yeah. yeah, Rewind. They're doing basically a documentary, in-season documentary, that takes you behind the scenes of kind of everything. And they have... Two episodes right now. One's an hour long. One's a half hour long. They did some during the preseason too. But yeah, these are I the didn't. Ones I wasn't quite expecting them during the season. After I was like like the the preseason hard knocks. Yeah. Here's camp. Yeah. But then it, you got to the bye week and you went, oh, this is nice and content. So you've had a chance to hear 
Matt Rule's messaging directly to the players pregame, at halftime, postgame, at practice. And the biggest thing, number one, is just fascinating. It's, I mean, it's really well done. It's really interesting. I've enjoyed watching it. But the thing that I've come away with combined with what he said at the press conference is Matt Rule, despite sometimes sort of saying about the past here, you know, the past is the past, and I wasn't here for the past, and I'm not going to. He has very clearly either heard or come to his own conclusion that psychological issues have been a problem for this team over a period of years in games that they should have won, that they could have won and didn't win. And I think we would all agree with that. I think everybody who's watched, in fact, I'm sure people were in his ear when he got here that were saying, look, this team needs some help in a lot of ways, but one of them is between the ears at this point. And it looks to me, and I'm curious what you guys think, it looks to me like, especially in the last two two weeks or so, that he has taken dead aim on what he has diagnosed as the psychological issues with this program, not just on this team, but that have been lingering around the program for a period of years. Um, and in fact, he alluded to it. Maybe we're going to hear that clip today in the sound off, but Maybe. he alluded to it. Yeah, I think think we probably will. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I didn't know what you picked, but it is, it's fascinating to me, guys, that he is just... He has attacked this completely head on. And frankly, I'm just fascinated to see if this is going to work because it has been a problem. I kind of thought he was going to say the entire season, well, you know, it's a new, you know, I wasn't here then. I had nothing to do with that. A lot of these players weren't here at this point. He's gone just the opposite direction. Have you been surprised at all by this? No, because he has talked about before in his press conferences that when he is at the mic, he is talking specifically to someone. It might be a player. It might be the entirety of the locker room. Obviously, he's there speaking with us, the media. What you're alluding to, he was speaking a lot to the fan base, directly to the fan base. Yes, he was there in a media room, and yes, there were media members asking questions, but he was speaking directly to the fan base as well about there might be that oh-crap moment, but... You don't have to let the trauma of the past dictate what this team is going to do. He's trying to not just get the team and the coaching staff and the program to not let those moments affect them as they look at that one play for that one drive for that one game. And that's how they're trying to view the entirety of the season. And the rule was asked, and we will get to that clip, where he was asked about big picture and the Big Ten West and the opportunities. And he's like, hey, this program has had an issue with looking too big picture, looking at too many things, and then if something starts to slide that ruins the big picture, then it ruins that game, and it ruins that drive, and it ruins that single play. So yeah, he is talking a lot psychologically, but not just to the team and the program, to the fan base as well. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you agree with his uh, sort of uh, his diagnosis that a big big issue psychologically has been looking ahead too much? Yeah, I mean, that's... Past? I don't... I'm not sure on that entirely. I look at it from this angle. He wants to build a tough football team mentally. And you know that because the emphasis is on running the football, the body blows, the you know physicality of that, and then combine it with a defense that takes away the run and is largely stout. And I think part of getting there from a physical standpoint is getting there from a mental standpoint too. And so I think you you would be hard pressed to find a Nebraska fan that could look you in the face and tell you 
Yeah, I feel like Nebraska has been mentally tough in the last half decade. Yeah. I, I think that's mm-hmm. been. I, I think we. You know, you just yeah. had 2019 pulled open. Yeah, you want to talk about a season where it felt like Nebraska mentally just gave games away right and left. I mean, you have this incredible stretch here of Indiana, Purdue. I would argue nobody needs to hear this because it's now 2023. But guess what? I'm talking in the microphone. <laughs> I would argue the 2019. Purdue loss is one of the most pathetic displays from Nebraska football in my entire lifetime. Certainly in the last, you know, run of the dark ages, if you will, they were up double digits. They had a chance to be up like 30 some points in the first half and could not put that game away. That's right. They had a chance to take Aiden O'Connell, who's down in the NFL and might be starting for the Raiders this weekend. In his first career action, he drives calmly down the field and scores a game-winning touchdown. Like, they had so many chances to end that game, and they couldn't do it. And that's sort of where, for me, it was kind of the beginning of the end for Frost in my mind. And that was only 2019. He obviously made it to 2022. But I had a lot of doubt at that point because I didn't think mentally they were really going to be sharp. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of played out. I mean, you had some version of that game every year. Flash forward to now, Illinois could have been that game. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it really could have been. And Nebraska did not play well. They didn't finish how they needed to, but they still won that game, and they did it from one side of the ball. And I think a lot of it is trying to build up your roster from a mental standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, uh, that really hasn't been there for a while. You know, what? Yeah. what it's amazing to me is Frost, exuded almost to the point of arrogance when he got here how confident he was that this was going to work and you could see that that kind of was instilled in the team and then it was like the first punch got thrown Nebraska got hit in the face and they're just looking around like wait you could throw punches yeah you know like and so I Matt Rule doesn't want that it's a long diatribe to, to get to this point for me a lot of this season has been about where can we get to that's a good jumping off point to where we want to get to next? And so for him, he has to build this thing to a point where there's a little bit of confidence, there's a little bit of swagger, and then the next thing is, okay, we're going to build on that. And then it's not just, well, we think we can win, mm-hmm. or we think we can hang in this game, or we're going to, you know, we can take that punch and we can punch back. It's, we're going to knock you out. Mm-hmm. Like they want to get to the point, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Michigan's whole situation in a in a minute. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, he talked about how that's what they want to be. Mm-hmm. You look at that Michigan team, it didn't just happen overnight. Like It took them a while, and then their biggest thing was, how do you get past Ohio State? How do you win the marquee games? How do you start playing in January? It's going to take a little bit for Nebraska to get to where that becomes a central issue, but you have to build it over time. It doesn't just happen overnight, yeah. and I think a lot of this... And the messaging is to the fan base, too. But a lot of it is building internally. How do we make ourselves tough? How do we make ourselves so it's not so vulnerable the first time things aren't going our way? And I feel like this team has exuded some of those qualities, especially in the way the season has played out. We look at that Minnesota game, and it's a detriment because Nebraska could be 4-2. and That game is not the best thing that could have happened in Nebraska, but I guarantee you they utilize that in a psychological way as they're getting better and as they're playing through these next six Well, it's interesting because that game was so painful because it felt like more of the same when you it, thought that well, was Well, it felt gone. like new coach, 
same same, same thing. Yeah. That's why thing it was, is a word that you that, said I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it was you know the dump button word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you're I, you're spot on. I think with all of that, I think it's. I mean, I think so much of this has been to really narrow it down. What he's trying to do, at least with the team, is to not let you know problems that come up, imperfections, a, a blocked punt, an interception, something not going right, not let that derail the entire rest of it let let that be isolated mm-hmm. in the moment that i mean that's really if you get down to it when he talks about looking ahead that's kind of what he's he's talking to too right yeah just live in the when moment play when play. he says every play when he says 0 to 0 he wore the dang shirt that says 0 to 0 at the press conference i mean <laughs> he's getting shirts designed to get his they've got pictures up they've got if you watch that YouTube thing, they've got pieces of paper taped up everywhere that say zero and zero. Mm-hmm. It's always about living in the moment. And that is, I think, what he's he's diagnosed is that they're not living in the moment. They're thinking about what comes next, whether that whether that is long term, what's our record gonna be, what's this mean about the coach's future, whether it's short term, oh mo oh no, we're screwed in this game now. There's that O oh blank moment, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's what is the response gonna be by the fans and the media. Uh, it, it's all of those things that he's trying to completely. It all goes to that, yeah. I think. Um, well, and all it's going to be interesting to see if it works. <laughs> you're, you're, it's a lot easier to do all of that. To Mike's point, when you are confident in in what you're doing, and one of the things that builds confidence is experience. And I know Jack's really excited about this. They have to play the young receivers now, like and so. Those young receivers, yes, for this season, but for future seasons, are going to have these next six games, plus anything they had ahead of it, of experience and confidence going into future years. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good for the future. Um I don't know. I don't it, Mike, it's gonna be interesting to see what, what and, and there I, there I go looking ahead, not 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 just Yeah, I know. Right, weekend. right, the current. But <laughs> like I, I don't know what Lloyd and Coleman will be able to do and how much they change the offense and Lloyd and, and Coleman Lloyd, sounds like a law firm. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a Lloyd law firm Coleman. these days. Uh it's I'm still yeah, just, I had to go get my will put together, taking it over to Lloyd and Coleman. I'm still getting over. over that four of Nebraska's top five receivers are from Nebraska. Uh let's find a year when that's even happened, even in the uh in the Frank Sol- Years probably hasn't. <laughs> I was gonna tell you where I, my head went. I don't even think so. Ben Cornelson was from Kansas, so uh, I don't even think so. Um, yeah, Ross Pilkington. Ross, Ross Pilkington was Colorado. Yeah, I mean, four of the first five. It's Billy Kemp and four Nebraskans now, which is just it's crazy. If you t- Lloyd Coleman, Bullock, and Han are all from Nebraska, who are probably, I assume. The next, the next four that are there. Uh, yeah, we are a wide receiver state. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess the one wide wide receiver, <laughs> wide receiver. I think wide, it's more of a tight end. State. <laughs> the, wide, the wide receiver That's next state. Year. <laughs> um, now, I have been noticing. It, it's not like they're bringing him. I mean, Malachi Coleman's been out there a lot over the last two games, mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. like they're throwing him to the to this position he's never been. In, in fact. I thought he played a couple of plays really well against Illinois. Had a yeah. had a key block. I thought once he was open and Harburg just kind of missed him. He he might have taken one in for six. So, I mean, I don't know. It's hard given where the. It's not like the wide receiver situation has really been a, a huge strength so far this no. year, Mike. So it's. I, I mean, I kind of see it as uh, I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to it just to see yeah. if it it changes things at all. It, a lot of people have wanted to see more out of these young wide receivers, and it it sort of gets to the point where it's like, 
you get this double edge, like, oh, they don't want to play the young guys. But meanwhile, you look at the defensive line, and it's like, young guys, young guys, young guys. <laughs> That's true. You know, so it doesn't really work that way. It's they're playing the guys who are prepared to play. And they said all along, like, sometimes, you know, this is where we get into the, like, the looking ahead thing. Like, people desperately want Malachi Coleman to be the next big thing because Nebraska just has not had good wide receivers. He's a local kid. It's a great story. People want that. But if you go back and you listen to Matt Rule in August and all he does is talk about how, hey, we know these guys have talent. We need to get them ready to when they're going to be able to help us. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of getting them ready was they have to, you know, they got here in June. They have to learn the offense. They have to be able to know their route tree. They have to know all of these things. It seems so simplistic to us from the outside. Like, oh, just go run some routes. Like, it's like, you know, we just think it's like right. when you're in the backyard and they're just drawing it up on the football and that guy's going long. And <laughs> do post do and one of these. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, high-level college football doesn't work like that. Um, and Rule even talked about that yesterday. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't grab that clip because there were several others I put ahead of it. But he talked about why it is at some places wideouts. And some people talk about wide receivers should be the easiest position to no. come in. Come in as a freshman. And he said, depending on the program, you might get there. And God, that's an awful miss. <laughs> you, sorry, Jack threw a pop bottle in the in the studio and missed the trash can. Sorry. Bad, um, but. You, you Everyone go, needed to know. You you go some places. It was really funny. You go some places, and they have five concepts on offense. So the guys can just go, here are the five concepts. Mm-hmm. I got it, and I go out there. Nebraska's not that from what they do scheme-wise, where they need all the guys to block, what they need to do for formations, where they need to have – what all they need to have their wide receivers do. And he also mentioned that those those three young wideouts, um, Doss, Lloyd, and, and Coleman – which the law firm's getting bigger now. <laughs> came in over the summer. They didn't come in in the. They didn't come in midway through yeah. this last year. So they've Coleman had less Lloyd reps with it. LLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's a real thing. And then here's something else, and this hasn't been talked about a lot. They took in five freshman wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Two of those guys have already moved to defense. Why have they moved to defense? Because it's not an easy thing to pick up and just go play wide receiver. Why else have they moved to defense? This staff has prioritized athleticism relative to experience at the position. A guy like Bryce Turner, six foot, runs like the wind, isn't able to pick up the offense. You know what you can do with him? You know, move him over and you're going to tell him to track the ball on defense. <laughs> and suddenly we're going to see Bryce Turner as a gunner. We're going to see him on special teams. We're going to see him on defense next year. Like, this is how this works sometimes. Like, it's just it, patience is really hard. And especially when you keep asking for it and this fan base just wants results. Yeah. They don't want to wait for anything. And I understand this that. This wasn't the plan with those guys. I mean, right. th- those guys were, these guys well, were not going to. You don't have Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Yeah. You don't have Xavier Betts. You just lost Marcus Washington. And quite frankly, Billy Kemp has been okay, but it hasn't been Samari Toure and Trey Palmer. Right. Like, you don't have a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Which yeah. all of this gets into why it's hard to expect the yeah. offense to be good all the time. Luckily, you're very familiar with uh, not only because you cover recruiting, because but because I introduced you to uh, Malachi Coleman in ninth grade basketball, so you could go. <laughs> I, t- I took I-, I took Mike to a ninth grade basketball game, and I was like, see, Star, I was like, yeah. see that kid? He's going to be really good. You're going to be covering. Do you know it. what I remember? He blocked a shot and hit his head on the backboard at yeah. the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I was it was the first time Mike had seen him, and then he was covering his recruitment pretty extensively. 
a couple of years after that. So, all right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from uh, Matt Rule from the uh, coaching staff next in the sound off. By the way, guys, no helmet stickers today. I have put together a second half prediction quiz. Ooh. You, you might want to check the sheet and look at it if you want to. You don't have to. I've kind of borrowed a little bit, a little bit from Mike's uh, hypecast and the oddly specific predictions. Love but it's, it. But it's, Love more, it. it's more over a six month period. All right. So uh, it's, it's inspiration. It's uh, uh, <laughs> the sincerest form of flattery is imitation. So 6 30, we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, 6:34. Friday Husker Tailgate rolls on Fantasy Huskers. Time to get a pick. You've got uh, two chances left. This and eight ten. So text in this keyword right now. Keyword is purple. Purple. P R U P L E. Purple. If you get a pick, you are going to be asked how many total points does uh, do both teams score combined? Just like the over under number. How many combined points do both teams score on Saturday? What is our range right now, Caleb? Oh, I've got to go. Sorry, I always put you on the spot. Just a second. A couple minutes here. I didn't. Last week you had to pick a team. Yes, and I threw a couple of them out there. Yes. Um, I don't remember if any of them did particularly well. I do remember one that got absolutely curb stomped. Which one was it? I mentioned Washington State. Yeah, they <laughs> lost by thirty eight points. Yeah, that was. Good. I hope you didn't follow my. I said Penn State, and I would have won if yep. you followed me. But that they had already been picked early in the week. So okay, so Midtown Dave at twenty four. Ooh man. Holmes Lake Doug, 33, Catherine, 40, Chris and Olathe, 41, Gary, 43, Phil the Portly, 49, Mateo, 52, Southern Snow, 59. So 20, 50, okay. 24 to 59. So you have range. a range between 30 and 40. And no, 50. Yeah. No, well, like, so there's a big gap between 30 and 40. Oh, I see what right? you're saying. Oh, yeah, 33 to 40. Got it. Okay, and so then, the, the Vegas line on this game is 40 and a half. And I would implore you to bet the under for the weekend. So you're saying, so you're like saying so I would live between, if I'm the caller, if I'm the, the right. person who gets this, this is free advice. live between 30 and 43. All right. Free advice. Maybe a 37 to 36 there would serve you well, according to 
expert Mike Schaefer. All right, let's hear what was. Uh, <laughs> That's the only ex- reason we bring him on. <laughs> let's Thirty-eight is how many points? Hopefully, Washington you just State won lost by. Just saying. Hopefully, you just won someone some pizza and some gear. All right, uh, Caleb. What do we got from the uh, press conferences this well, week? Well, let's start working a little bit in the the past, and we'll work our way up. Rule talked about going to high school games during the off week last <laughs> week. Oh, I mean, people are unbelievable to us. You know, I mean, people, people are. I mean. Everywhere I go, people are, hey, people seem to be grateful for, like, hey, that, you know, we're working hard to, you know, get the program back on track, right, and get us moving in the right direction. So, like, you feel that everywhere. You know, we went went to a game in Omaha, went to went up to Western Iowa, then I went out to Ainsworth, and, uh, I mean, I went out to Ainsworth with a windbreaker. It was 34 degrees, so I went to uh, uh, the Western store there, um, and uh, the gentleman owns a store. I'm a Husker fan. Comes to the games every week. Help help me get fitted for a nice parka and hat. And went to the game and parka. I mean, you know, I saw Ainsworth play Boyd County and people are you know, people are everywhere. And I took you know, little kids are coming up. They're fired up. You know, so um, I'm glad we won the Illinois game before I went out on the road because a lot of people were pretty, pretty fired up about that game. But even if we hadn't, you know, I, I just I, I, it always goes back to me talking about going to Tacoma, going to Ainsworth, going to all the places I've been. Like how much people care and how much we want to do a good job for them. But, yeah, there was, a, there was a really, really unbelievably positive vibe out there. My nephew got a picture with him in Ainsworth. Oh, you're kidding, really? Yeah, so he, he got a picture with him. They, they did some promotion at their school where it's, it's some raffle you can pay in. It's actually a really good way to raise money. But one of his friends won the raffle, and they get to do this game day experience where the kids get to be with the, the high school football team. They get a jersey. They get to go, go through all the warm-ups with them, be there on the sidelines, all the stuff. So his friend picked him, but they saw Matt Rule there. And my nephew, who must be oblivious to like how big of a deal it is to have the Nebraska football coach there, his friend was trying to get a picture with him. He, I guess, my, as my sister tells it, he just walks up and goes, Hey, my friend wants a picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> and so they got a picture. So they got a picture. It, <laughs> it was Matt Rule wearing a parka, did you see? It didn't look like a parka. Okay. I'm, I'm excited I'm not the only one with a connection to this whole thing. So I have a family relation that... Uh, Owns and operates at Western Wear. Store. Oh, really? It's been a big summer for them. I they made the the Flatwater Free Press. That whole Ooh. story about it. Yeah. Oh, and they mentioned that story. Yeah. You mentioned that story too. Yep. Wow. Nothing like getting a little uh, free. Yeah, so my, free my aunt was sending me some photos and stuff from the the whole thing. You so. p- we got to get Matt Rule doing a commercial for him there at that point. <laughs> they would love but that. Da- I mean, Danny Nee used to do the the uh, ties, uh, the the commercials for the ties. So I think get a Matt Rule definitely do Parker commercials. <laughs> uh, Ainsworth, by the way, home of uh, Carter Nelson, is it moving on to the second round of the playoffs? I was just looking that up. I think uh, they won like seventy to eight, seventy two to thirteen. Yeah, they okay. they put up a buttload of points again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carter Nelson had five touchdowns in the first quarter. Uh, I don't know that he played after that. <laughs> other than he has to handle kickoffs and punts, so okay. he might have had. To I've got to watch one of their. I'm going to watch that. I was going to watch their game yesterday. And has I he eclipsed? Because someone was saying yesterday, Tony Chapman on on Twitter was telling me that Carter Nelson was close to joining the 500, 500, 500 club for yards. Passing, rushing, and receiving. Yeah, so he has. I just, I just wrote about this. He has a thousand yards rushing, five hundred thirty some yards passing. This was all going into last night, uh-huh. and then like four hundred and some yards receiving. He picked up a hundred plus yards receiving, so he's now there. <laughs> uh, I think he had. I don't know, like forty yards rushing or whatever. Like, yeah, it was another another good game. I, I think. I think their path is 
pretty good. I don't know. I they play, I, uh, I know this. If they play in the the state title game, it will be the most well attended D two. It'll be a game. Monday the twentieth at two forty five. Yeah, there uh, will is be when it would be. There. But yeah, they play again Friday against Howell's Dodge. But I, I guess more more to the Nebraska part of it here is um, first of all. Because there was big news, obviously, because he went to the Notre Dame USC game. There were some people worrying about that. Um, I've heard from people they reseeded after that yeah, first round. Yep, they'll be the six seed. So yeah, because it's it's split east and west, and then the sixteen that are left, they just seed one through sixteen statewide. How how rare is it to have a Nebraska head coach going out to an eight man game in the middle of the season? Right. <laughs> it had not happened previously, uh, to to my knowledge. Now I'm. Now I'm thinking about how this Ainsworth how like I might have to go to this. <laughs> I keep trying to break down the recruiting end of it and Caleb and Mike keep wanting to do like analyze well, the D two bracket here. Are you familiar with like Howells is one of the most historic football oh, programs? I know in the everything entire. about him. Like I told told Caleb everything I know about Howells Dodge. Well, D- Dodge dominated the nineties. Like and then Howells dominated the two thousands with mm. all of their cousins ten ten miles down the road. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then they had this big like <laughs> They had a big issue with consolidation. It nearly like threatened the entire existence of those highway towns. Oh yeah, it was it was it was overwhelmingly voted against. Against yeah, and the the school board still wanted it. The school board wanted it. Then they voted for mascots. They wanted silver backs. Silver backs. Yeah. School board said, "Well, we've already got jaguars because you had the co op for the junior highs." Yeah, because the junior highs. How you feeling about this, Jeff? (laughs) Oh, I just love this topic. I love it. I was all in on that stuff. <laughs> uh, all right, elsewhere. <laughs> I, I but by tell- the way, have we seen a picture? Was it really a parka? Have, do we? Just can somebody? Did he really get a get parka? The, get the nephew photo. He's from Pennsylvania. He's not from Arizona. I mean, crime. Really? Isn't he from New Jersey? Well, yeah. Whatever. I mean, not a warm. He was also. They all, he. I think they lived in Kansas, or his parents lived in the Kansas area. Then they moved up to New York, New Jersey. And then went to college in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, well, they didn't apparently post it to Facebook. Sad. I can't find it on my well, sister's don't. page. All right. Maybe I can, Mike can get me. I wonder the, how mad Adidas is that <laughs> they didn't give him a parka to wear. Maybe Mike can give me the inside story by contacting the store itself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can that, certainly do that. that. Would be I can good. see I, my nephew wore some great Carhartt. Let me check in with Joe here, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Matt Rule was asked about... Uh, <laughs> opportunities ahead with a weaker Big Ten West. Yeah, I'm not worried about the big picture. I think that's the problem uh, with Nebraska football. I think that's why we've gone 1-5 down the stretch most years. Dang. Um, looking at things outside Dang. of just going 1-0 this week. Um, evaluating the offensive, defensive coaches, evaluating the offense versus the D. All, the, all this, this stuff outside the program, um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to keep it from infiltrating the program. Um, we've got to get We've got to get a way to get 1-0 this week. We've got to try to improve this week. Um, it's going to be a real challenge. Um, so, to me, um, you know, I had a chance to watch the teams we play. I was really, really happy to see Illinois play well. Um, you know, because obviously any time we play someone, we beat them, and then we see them play well. It makes us feel good about who they are. I saw Northern Illinois go get a huge win over a 5-1 Ohio U team. So, you know, I feel good about where our team is. Um, but our team has got to eliminate the looking past just what's important this week. When we got embarrassed in Michigan, we didn't think about anything else other than Friday night. And we were locked in. And we're going to find out about myself as a head coach and our coaches and our players and our staff. Um, you know, can we, can we have that same focus this week? We better.
And then Rule was immediately asked as a follow-up about fans looking at the big picture and not just the week ahead. Well, I love Husker fans. Let me say that. Okay, I'm talking about the team. You know, like like the only reason why we have the opportunities we have is because there's so much care about the program. Um, I just have to make sure our players don't act like fans. They act like the guys that are going to go out and play. <laughs> and so if you're not careful, you know, like, like then all these things start to infiltrate the team. And so um, I go back and I just look at history. Okay, you look at the, the team. Look, look at Nebraska football over the last eight to ten years in the second half of the season. It's abysmal. Okay? And that's not a knock on anyone. I respect the heck out of those. Those are good coaches. But like we're not, we can't be the type of team that oh we lose we were we lost to Colorado we're embarrassed we come back we win we play okay not very great against La Tech right we then then we go out we get embarrassed against Michigan now we're embarrassed now we can play great against Illinois we just can't be that team I'm not I don't want to coach that team and our players don't want to be a part of that team so that's what it is and at the same time there's this thing out there that I can hear right about like you know is this coach doing a, they're all doing a good job this program's not in good shape. <laughs> They're all doing a great job, I think. And so I'm in charge of this football program. Like, Sat would love to go no huddle and score 50 points. Tony would love to blitz every play. I run the program. And so we're playing as a team. So all that other stuff, it's, it's, it's why we haven't been to a bowl game. We're the only Power 5 team that hasn't been to a bowl game in a long time. So if I start talking about bowl games, I'm part of the problem. So the fans are supposed to do this. My daughters, Dad, if we go to a bowl game, can I have Taylor Swift? My daughters are fans. <laughs> Right? They're, they're supposed to do that. I just got to get the team to be really locked in to like today, tomorrow. Because think about Coach Braun, the job that he's done. He comes, comes from North Dakota State, takes this job in Northwestern. He's the D.C. Coach Fitzgerald, great friend of mine, a man I respect, gets let go. He steps in as the interim head coach. He's on a one-year deal. And he's got this team battling, man. They're fighting for their lives. What are we doing? You know, what, what are we going to be like? We'll find out on Saturday. So... That's the message I put out there usually on Mondays when I feel this because I want our players to have that mentality, but they will. I want our staff, and I hope our fans come to this game as locked in and as thinking this game is as important as anything else because I respect the team we're playing, and I respect the coaching staff. To be in the situation they're in, to be down 21 points and to fight back, man, that's, that says a lot about the character. We better have the same character. So. Dang. All right. That's uh, a lot there. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot there. I don't even know where to start after after all of that. And we kind of covered it there in the first segment. It's still it still fascinates me to no end, guys, that he's going back into the history a decade of Nebraska football and and has the knowledge of how the season's ended over over 10 years and obviously has done some level of analysis on that or had conversations about it um, and and is thinking about that and talking about that as well and i don't say that as a as a bad thing necessarily it's just it's just i kind of you know so many so many new coaches come in and say you know the past is the past and i think he kind of said that at some points too i mean i think he kind of alluded yeah, to that he manipulates things for what the narrative yeah but now he's i mean now he's sort of saying and and by the way i mean i agree i completely agree with him too i mean i think this I think this program for a long time has needed some some serious some serious leadership when it comes to the psychological part of things. And that's what he's trying to provide here. Let's see if it works at this point. Let's see if it works. It'll be fascinating, I think. Yeah. I like the point he made and I've I've thought this since the Illinois game too. I think the crowd will be good on Saturday. I think people will be it's gonna be good weather. It uh, it's an opponent where I think fans feel like there should be some confidence, and you know if Nebraska's defense comes out and plays well right at the beginning, I think it's going to be a loud crowd. I think yeah. that 
You think about it, their last home game was Michigan, and that thing emptied out in the halftime. Yeah. I mean, I know multiple people that left at halftime. So, it was hot. Uh, I, I would anticipate a good crowd, and I think some of it, again, was, was talking to that. Yeah, I think the next two weeks, I, I agree. I think the atmosphere should be pretty good yeah. the, the next two weeks. Well, I, they, I mean, if they win this week, it'll get better for the Just Purdue because one. it's, it, again, I'm and I can talk to the fans' state of mind for this whole thing, right? It is, you, you just have not had a lot of situations where it feels like there's some momentum, that there's some trending up. Um, it feels like there are games where you've got a legit, a legit, not only a legit shot, but you feel like if you do what you're supposed to do, that you should win, as opposed to going in against, you know, Michigan a few years ago. And and by the Scott Frost team that year played well, they definitely had a shot to win it, even if we didn't think so at that point. But I think there's a different mindset, and I think, like you said, Mike, I think it builds every time they win too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to get. I think it'll get. It'll get. It will get really fun. And I did like that he sort of separated separated out the whole thing. It was pretty funny that his daughters are asking him about bowl games already. So, yeah, I w- did he say in there? So, do we need to look up what his bonus is to figure out what Taylor Swift tickets are going for? Is that is <laughs> isn't it, she on the international in tour? Then I don't even think she's in the United. Not to break it to Matt Rule's daughters, I think she starts her international tour at mm-hmm. that point. So. Probably not. Hey, they get through spring place. ball. That's the next summer trip. Yeah. I mean, Does that mean Travis Kelsey's just going to peace out halfway through? Listen, the season? I've been telling my I keep telling my daughter this. I'm like, she's going on international tour. They're going to have to. I don't know if this is going to make. Is it your daughter really locked thing. in on this? Thing? She is. Oh, I'm taking her to the movie t- this afternoon. Yes, that's that's a oh, thing. I'm going to have a better Friday. Look, than you. what a great what a first of all, what a great dad. I mean, let's concentrate. Anyway, on... Matt Rule was asked <laughs> about the quarterbacks with Jeff Sims now healthy. You know, we're we're, we're working hard to get. Jeff to be the best that he can be. Working hard to get Heinrich and Chubb to be the best that they can be. Um, you know, we'll play with Heinrich. You know, for now, um, Jeff just ready to go on a moment's notice. Uh, you know, we sometimes we mix him in with the ones a lot in practice. I would have no problem ever having a package to play two. I'm not saying we would do that, but I have no problem with the way he works. But to me, you know, Heinrich's played well. Um, Heinrich's got, done, done some good things, and so um, you know, he'll he'll be the starter. All right, Heinrich Harburg, the starter, took us to get to this point. Halfway through the year to actually say who the quarterback is. It took us halfway through the year to say the starter is going to be, and it took us uh, 50 minutes through the show to even discuss this thing. I guess that goes to show a little bit about how we all. It's just not all that remarkable. I said it during the middle of the Michigan game when Nebraska was losing by 40 points. So I've been on this train for a while. I mean, yes, you you said it. it. Isn't it, you know, normally the quarterback discussion evokes so much emotion and takes from fans. It feels like that was kind of the case, but it's been on this steady downward decline mm-hmm. for a while, which I guess is part and parcel because of relative success. Um I you know, I don't I don't know exactly, but I'm the same way about it as well. I I I kind of feel like well, I'm not surprised they're doing this. It kind of makes sense. I think the more interesting question is is there, you know, at some point, would you be willing to make a change if things don't go? Yeah, well? and I think that's, I think that's kind of where a lot of people find themselves. I mean, right now you got a guy who's three and one. He hasn't really done anything to lead you to believe he deserves to lose the job. Right. Uh, you can't, in my mind, you can't look at it and be like, oh, well, these numbers don't look good enough. Blah blah blah. In part because he's been your best offensive player in yeah. all three of your wins. Like you, you kind of. You can kind of make the argument that they wouldn't have won without him. Yeah. And so because of that, it makes it really hard to be like, all right, got to go back to Jeff Sims now. And I think, and I think this is a real part of the whole thing. I don't know that Jeff Sims can run the way that Heinrich Harburg can. And what I mean by that is he's already hurt. I mean, I don't, I don't believe when they say he's a hundred percent because 
kind of been saying that for three weeks now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he hasn't been. So yeah. um, it makes me wonder if he could do the same things in the quarterback run game. It also makes me wonder what they spent the bye week doing and if they aren't tailoring this offense to sort of fit more of Heinrich Harburg uh, and their offensive personnel right. that would more fit him than Jeff Sims. So all of that adds into this idea to me, that they want to move forward with Harburg, not because they're just completely done with Sims, but because it might give them the best chance to win games in the way the schedule's set up. Yeah. Well, Mike, you talk about Sims not being able to do something right now that Harburg can do. When we saw them come out and Sims was still the quarterback after halftime at Colorado, and then he rips off that 50-whatever-yard run, there were a lot of people I saw start tweeting and posting and, and talking about, well, that's why you keep him in there. That That's why he's a quarterback. No no one else can do that. And I was just, I tried responding to everyone I could because I go, literally, <laughs> Silly the, 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 the next guy in line is best at that exact yeah. thing. Oh. So when you're, you're looking at, well, he can do this, no one else can. It's like, well, the one thing that we've seen Jeff Sims do really well is what Heinrich Harburg excels at. Yeah. And right now, He's not turning the ball over at that same rate. He's healthy. That's uh, the bottom line. Like, like, yeah. it, like, there's all these things that just lead to you don't change up the position right now. Yep. Now, we'll talk more about what Mike alluded to and what what it means for the offense. Now that you've kind of made that permanent. For sorry, now. did I get ahead of the schedule? No, it's no, but I want to delve more just into that point specifically zero about it. Zero. So into the uh, in the morning drive. <laughs> Look too far ahead. But looking ahead, <laughs> sorry, we all we all could take a lesson <laughs> from that rule. Oh no, starting right now at six fifty three, it's every segment on its own. This is the LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, intercepted at the fifteen, and the Huskers have it inside the red zone. Think fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIS. Uh, all right, still coming up during the Helmet Stickers uh, segment, we're going to do predictions for the uh, second half of the season, since we were so bad predicting things about the first half I thought we were going to do season. a second half of the season Helmet Sticker Draft. Well, we... That there might be a little bit, a little something oh. like that in this. Well, in, in, this in the same process. way that eight man reseeded, we get a redraft, right? <laughs> right, right. We were, yeah. We need some new players. So here. anyway, Howell's Dodge traditional <laughs> rivalry, oh putting it together by uh, getting also, fourth in the second we will round. Do Should I call up Coach Mike Spires? He can Friday he can come on here. Husker tailgate morning drive. Kevin Suits is going to join us. He'll give you opposition disposition for Northwestern, who's got some more incredible mascot stories from like the 1940s, which we always love to delve into as well. And we will have our picks, which I'm not even looking forward to that. I get it, I'll tell you what, Mike, you noted my enthusiasm about the rest of the football season <laughs> in doing this show, which I do still have. I am at the point with the picks where I'm ready to check out. Is it because I just... Demolished I just, everyone. I just it just gets to a point. Well, it's not necessarily you. It's it's way everyone more, demolished Jack because he just went opposite of everything. It's way more that Jack continues to be absolute garbage. And thank God for the closest score on there. Otherwise, he would be so much further. It's just, it, that's it, it. Makes it feel like twenty twenty one when we do the picks. I'll tell you that much. So. <laughs> We've got all of that coming up. Real quick, just other news. Uh, Luke Reimer going to play this week, uh, Caleb, mm-hmm. correct? So yeah. turns out it was apparently MRSA that he was having on was his an arm. arm an arm yeah. infection. Yeah. So they had him on, on an IV. Like wrestlers will get that a lot. Close physical contact. Carl Nix lost his NFL career to it. Really? Nebraska offensive lineman oh, Carl Nix. Oh, my Nicks, goodness. Yeah. yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, and I heard on your podcast too. Lydon Murtha apparently had some yeah. issues with it as well. I thought, which I, had no idea. I thought he was making some sort of like weird Murtha Murtha joke. I, I kind of did too. But Lydon Murtha. So apparently it's not the first time that's been in the program. But glad he'll be back. Hopefully the conditioning uh, won't be an issue. I think he'll be probably be good. It'll be great to get him back on the field for the Nebraska defense. So that's all that is coming up. Forty-five degrees in the capital city right now. We're going to take a break for news. Back with our helmet stickers. Second half prediction game. It is 6.58 on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers Touchdown Nebraska Think 1499.3 KLIN Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Vocal like the wing to the near side. Snap back. They give it off to Anthony Grant. Picks his way to the left. Into the 40, 35, 30. Quick to tackle. 25, 20, 15, 10. thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Three eligible to the near side. Back to throw is Morgan. Gets hit drop. Oh, he got drilled at the 18-yard line. Ty Robinson's second sack of the year. I think he took his shoes off with that hit. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics. Who showed out this week? We award helmet stickers next. Presented by Blur Events on 1499.3 KLIN. Oh, keyword is? Purple. Purple. P-R-U-P-L-E. Purple. Thank you, Caleb. Not getting a helmet sticker this week. Thank you to Gryffindor Steph for pointing that out. Was that was that modified? I don't know. That is that a deep fake? That's a deep fake, I think. <laughs> I think you are promulgating misinformation here. Uh-huh. Sure. I would never spell purple P R U P L E. It's obviously P R P R Wow, I really The Flying Purple Peep Purple Preeple Oh my goodness. That's that's only my second misspell in a, what, seven weeks of this? Okay, but that's the misspells are good. purple and quarterback. It's pretty good. I mean, that's a hot. I mean, listen. If I was a major league baseball player and I was batting like nine eighty seven, I'd be in. Oh, they'd have a right. special okay. part of the Hall of Fame dedicated to me. Uh, so there was no game this weekend, and we didn't get to go to practice. And it'd be fun if we. They said, "Hey, 
Jack, Caleb, Mike, we would like you guys to come to practice because these players, they love their helmet stickers, <laughs> and they're going to be really disappointed if they don't get them. So we'd like you to watch watch our practice and really uh, help them play for the moment, you know, zero and zero type situation, so they can concentrate on the helmet stickers. Uh, we were not extended that invitation unless it got lost in the mail at some point. And so we have no basis to which we can add additional helmet stickers this week. Uh, we will tell you that the leaderboard sits as follows. Nash Hutmaker at 6, Heinrich Harburg at 5, uh, Makai Bear uh, at 3, Joshua Fleeks at 3, Riley Van Poppel at 3, Cam Leonard at 3, Omar Brown at 3, and then a huge group at 2 after that. So those are your leaders. So in lieu of giving additional helmet stickers, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that next week after the Northwestern game, We we've talked many times about how poor we were, and really everyone was, at kind of predicting who were going to be the standouts on this year's team, in part because of injury, in part because guys have stepped up that you didn't necessarily expect. And so I'm giving us a redo on our helmet sticker draft, which did not go very well. Now, it's not we're not redoing the draft completely. Uh, I am going to allow us to make some different predictions that we can say, hey, we did a better job reading the tea leaves about the second half of the season than we did the first week of the season. So I have put together 10 questions. Um, and as I told Mike, this was somewhot inspired uh, by the 24-7 Hypecast. They have a segment called uh, Oddly Specific Predictions that they do about each game where they and their guests offer up like something like Tristan Alvano kicks a 37-yard field goal with two minutes left, yeah, and it bounces off the left upright and goes in. It's, something like that. It started as a total just like kind of parody of just sort of a prediction segment in your yes. preview podcast, and then it turned into getting very in the weeds. Right. Right. And then Brunts has hit a couple of these, yes. including a bizarre like 31-yard touchdown pass to Conovai Noah in 2019, <laughs> Noah. in which he's like, yeah, it'll be in the corner of the end zone, and this actually happened. And like all 12 listeners completely lost their minds. Oh, my so. gosh. It's one of my favorite. I, I love the segment. So I was slightly inspired by it. So I'm asking you to make some somewhat maybe not quite as specific as you do on the podcast because this is over the course of six games, but we're at the halfway mark, six games left, and so we're going to kind of regroup, see what we think, and we're going to offer some predictions about the rest of the season per my prompt. So let's get started. I've got 10 questions for you all, and you can throw it out there. We can discuss them. We've got some time here to get into this. So we're going to start with number one. I think this is obvious, but I don't know where everyone will be on this one. Which tailback has the most rushing yards in the second half. Which tailback has the most rushing yards in the second half? I am I'll start. I am sticking despite the the frustrated press conferences, despite everything, I still think it's got to be Anthony Grant. It I still think it does, but I'm curious if any of you are going to go a different direction on this one. No, it's Anthony Grant. You think so? Yeah. Too? I I would like to go with somebody else because I've been pretty just very disappointed with how that Illinois game went. So if he could come out and run well against another team that now ranks last in the Big Ten and uh, rush yards allowed because of Nebraska's own performance against Illinois and Illinois beating Maryland, yeah, uh, I will. Uh, I will also go Anthony Grant. But I, I am curious if we don't see more 
action for Emmett Johnson. Well, I wondered if one of you might go Emmett Johnson because there were. A I lot want of... to, but I don't believe. Why not? It, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it for the sake of this segment because I don't believe that's what's going to happen. But I think what's more likely is that it's going to go from like a seventy thirty split or an eighty twenty split to a closer sixty forty or fifty five forty five. And Grant still has home run potential. I mean, yeah. he still can get loose and. And run for a while, but it's just those carries in between where it's like he completely misses a hole or chooses to take it outside when he needs to cut it up. Those are the ones that are driving me nuts when I'm watching. And I do think we'll see more of Emmett Johnson. Just that's what in, yeah, Anthony Grant yeah. I, I also worry Emmett Johnson's not built very big. If he was built at 200 pounds, then I would feel better about yeah, it. Yeah, but what if Grant fumbles again? Seriously, Man, like. 175 pounds. I just don't know. Oh, man, but if he uh, fumbles, he might be heavier at, than that. At some he point, was in high school. at some point, I feel like he might fumble, and Rule's just going to say no more, right? And he's going to say, "What? What? It's it's going to be Fleeks and Johnson at this point." You know, I don't know. I, do you think that? And, and Quentin Ives, maybe they could play. And he's still listed at 190, so I, 190. I stiffed him 15 pounds that I'm not entirely sure exist. But <laughs> that's what people say about me. Uh, all right. <laughs> When uh, yes, next next question, what I say when I mean which game, which game? So this is a little specific. If ever does Jeff Sims next play Northwestern? Northwestern. He plays tomorrow. Uh, what scenario do you see that happening in? Nebraska. Nebraska, Nebraska is up by enough for Sims to get run in the second half. Mike? Oh, I don't see that. Um, I'm going to say Michigan State. Okay. And what do you think the most likely way he gets in is? Uh, a helmet pops off for Heinrich Harburg, and he has to come in. Oh, so you're thinking play. like just another one of these? Well, if that's going to be his next appearance, yeah, okay. That's, that's I mean, that's my... fair. That's fair. That's a that's a specific. I think they're. I think they want to get him in. Um, I think they'll try. I'll I'll say Northwestern too. I don't but even you think know. on a purposeful reason. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not predicting an an injury or a helmet coming off or anything like that. I think they're going to find a way, and maybe it might be. It might be something where the maybe they'll save something both on the field. I don't know. I just got. I have a feeling it's Northwestern. So we'll see. But you'll say Michigan State. Like what? It's it's crazy too. I mean, there's a possibility. It's never right. Yeah. Which is yeah. Which is we were talking to Greg Sharp yesterday and Caleb and I didn't even think of this. And I don't know if it would even be of interest to to uh, to Sims. He will have only played three games if he doesn't. He could play one more game and yeah. still tip have a red shirt if you yeah. wanted to. Which I hadn't even thought of that. And if he hadn't taken the one snap against Louisiana Tech, He'd he be could two be at two games, games yeah. at this uh-huh. point and could preserve a red shirt. Again, I don't know if that's... Which might be valuable to him if he doesn't feel like his future is here yes. and then he can graduate and then... Right. And then he could go somewhere and have, and have two, two years, years somewhere else. Yep. That's right. So that could get interesting yep. down the down the line, too. It, um, I don't I know I will if that say this for Jeff Sims. I know BC wrote about it. I know it's been in the, in the media a little bit. He is not drawing attention to himself in a oh. negative way. He has been a very good uh, teammate for Harburg and for those guys over there. And mm-hmm. so I, I know that there's people that are just completely done with him with how this season has started. But I have a lot of respect for how he's handled. I a do lot too. Of this. And you can see, you see it again. We can go back to the stuff that we see on the background now because of the YouTube series. You can really see it in that. And like he's still, you know, leading. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants to win. A, he's sort of yeah. acting. Still like a captain, yep. and they're, they're they're treating him that way, which is interesting. I go away from that, like wishing, wishing something really good for him. Again, I I probably think Harburg should be the one who's starting yep. right now, but I don't know what I. It's just it's going to be interesting to see how it. 
it'll be crazy if that ends his career at Nebraska, right? Yep. Two, two game, one and a half games, essentially one and three quarters games, and that's it. I don't think it will, but that's a it's a non-zero possibility, right? At this point, all right. Question number three: Tristan Alvano was three of seven in field goals during the first half. I'm not asking for complete specificity like percentage, but how many attempts do you think he gets in the second half of the season? Only at seven. I say only. Maybe you think less. Uh, who want, anybody want to jump in on this? If you have I'm going to go high. Twelve. Twelve. Ooh. So almost double. Almost double. I was going to say two a game. I, I well, was, was going to also yep. say twelve. Yeah, that's why I did it. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie. No, no, no. <laughs> just, that that that's where I that's yeah. where I think he's going to be. He's going to average two a game over this last half. And you know what? I'll also say I think he makes eight of them. You're just going to throw that in there. Eight of yeah. twelve. Okay. I don't think it'll quite be that high. So um, eleven and nineteen for Caleb's prediction mm-hmm. for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. I th- I'm going to go a little less than that. So seven in the first half. Give me ten. I'll take 10 for the year, 10 for the year. You know what's interesting to me, and it, uh, uh, just an odd side conversation here, and Alvano made made a field goal, and obviously I'm I'm pulling for him. I, he's a kicker of the future and all those things. It is interesting that when he was down a little bit, missing things, they've got Timmy Bleakroad on the roster, and like he did not have a terrible year last year as a field goal kicker. They never even, that's like never been an option. Well, they had him on the roster in. for the fake field goal. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm all, I was always a little surprised because he He's was a not a fake field goal specialist. He, he was not bad last year. No. I mean, it, it, it was, I mean, they, 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 they do really believe in Elvano. Yeah, I mean, they must. It's, it's just been interesting to me. All right. This is kind of a fun one. Right now, Isaac Gifford, Omar Brown, Quentin Newsom, and Javen Wright all have one interception. I think I got all of them there. Who do you think is the first on the team, if any, to get to two, it can be one of those guys, or it can be somebody, somebody, with somebody with zero right now. I will start because I don't want everyone else to take this. They can if they want. I'm going Isaac Gifford. I think Isaac Gifford. I think Isaac Gifford, and he probably gets it on Saturday. Oh, see, I'm going Quentin Newsom, and I think he gets it on Saturday. Well, now after having zero, you think yeah. consecutive games mm-hmm. for Quentin Newsom. All right. I think there's a chance Nebraska gets several on Saturday, Ooh. depending on who starts at quarterback. That sounds delightful. Caleb? I'm going to go Omar Brown. Oh really? Saturday, and I think it does happen tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Ooh, this is going to add some. And the thing about this is because you told us, like, hey, you were going to ask these questions, so we'd scroll down. That wasn't a oh, pick someone else. I picked this out in my head before we got to the question. Oh really? Okay. All right. Well, my, you know, you haven't finished the hype cast yet, but my pick to click is Quentin Newsom. Oh really? See, getting now, a second interview. I was tempted. I was tempted um, to go hard dog. Yes, I was tempted to go hard dog. Because I think he led the team last year. Yeah, I feel like he teams are throwing at him. They throw it. He gets more opportunities than Newsom. He also plays somewhat aggressively at cornerback. I ugh, I hope I'm not regretting the Gifford pick there because there's a part. Hartzog is my one A on that one, but I played the numbers. All right, Heinrich Harburg's completion percentage going into the second half is fifty two point one percent. Will his final completion percentage be greater or less than that? I, this is kind of a dumb one. I think it's got to be greater, doesn't it? It's almost got to be. The I think 52.1. Go I think part of what I hope happened in the bye week is that they have figured out some easier throws. Um, yes. I feel like they haven't done enough to create easy, simple throws around the line of scrimmage to get Billy Kemp the ball, yes. to get yeah. Thomas Fedoni the ball. Like yes. they get a, They each get a handful of targets, but they've generally been more 7- to 15-yard throws 
and I think they could have a few more zero to seven yard throws that make it easier. For Not them. a lot of screen passes. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm expecting a screen really. Uh, I just don't know if they have the pieces hmm. that can pull that off. Maybe but. I'm going to say less than fifty two percent. I think he hovers around fifty percent completion, and I, I agree. I think they're going to try to get him into some some better passing situations, but I also don't think they're going to throw the ball a whole lot. And I, I think that there's going to just come times where there might be a time where they're down and they do have to start slinging it around. I don't think it's going to be be something that dips down to where he completes four of 22 passes or anything like that. I think it's going to hover around 50, but it's going to be slightly less than 52.1. One thing that goes to Caleb here, you finished the year with Iowa and Wisconsin, yeah. so two strong defenses. That's why I asked the question. Your yeah. next two games at least and with apologies to michigan state's interim coach who i don't know his name and i'm sure i never will um (laughs) the next two coaches are defensive oriented guys too northwestern had a bye week like i i sure that they are trying to bait heinrich harburg into some throws tomorrow 52.1 man where are you going that'd be rough i'm going over i think it's i just think 52.1 is low I'm actually kind of surprised it is that low, to be honest. Well, it's quite a few drops in there, and yeah. then the Illinois game did not help him with the weather. I it, think he really struggled with the wind. I mean, if it was up at 57, I would be pausing, but 52 is just really low. So I'll say no. I'll say above. All right, I like this one, too. This is fun. Okay, so so far the following offensive players have scored offensive touchdowns. Harburg, Grant, Irvin, Sims, Fleeks, Fedoni, Kemp, and Bullock. Outside of those guys, who is the next offensive player to score his first touchdown of the year, I've got to say it. Just say it. No, I'm, you're not. I'm not going to pick the one that you're thinking. Really? Yep. I think I'm taking Borkature. You I think the one I was thinking. Yeah, I'm, I think Borkature. All right. All I right. think Borkature gets the next touchdown. Yeah, I mean that was the name that I had. I'll I'll come up with a different one. Okay, Caleb, did you have yours then? I I was thinking Coleman. You can take it. I, I was thinking Malachi is going to get it because they're, they're going to get down into the red zone, and I think it's going to be on a fade pass. They're going to throw a jump ball up to Malachi. I was just zigging when you thought I would zag, so that's all it was. So that's why I took Borkert. You don't got to be chasing here. Just pick the <laughs> pick the one you want. Chasing. <laughs> chasing. Uh, I will go Jalen Lloyd then, just because I don't want to double up with anybody else. Right. I think he's going to have opportunities, and I think they find unique ways to put the ball in his hand. Uh, other, other names considered on this? Uh, I mean, you got to think Johnson. Emmett Johnson. Emmett, Emmett Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Maybe a better, better, better pick than all uh, of those. The... Uh, the guy who they ran the the fullback play with, whose name Janiron I Janiron Bonner. Yeah, why couldn't I come up with that yeah. name myself? I, again, I kept thinking I had this thought that Janiron Bonner was going to be. This I think there's going to be something in the next huge six weeks part of the offense this year. I'm honestly surprised a, you even said his name and didn't just go. Uh, it was this number. Yeah, no, like Janiron. you know everyone's number, just none of their names. They ran a play against Illinois with Bonner in there, where he takes off from the fullback spot. And he kind of just runs a post pattern through the middle of the field, and it looked open, but it was also one of those where I wasn't in the press box, so I didn't know where the far safety was sitting. I don't know if he was in front, if he was over on the the far side of the field, but it was one of those things where it looked like a play that could be run with some success, 
in that sort of dead zone area, which is what the red zone is for Nebraska. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if they came back I, to I, Every time they would do one of those cinematic packages of practice highlights during the summer, <laughs> there would be there would be Bonner like running a seam down the middle and and Harburg or or Purdy or someone just flinging one into him. I was like, this guy is gonna be the most dynamic fullback slash tight end slash utility knife that we've ever had uh, that's posi- and I hope you get invited yet. into an Oscars pool and you just put down all of the videos from the <laughs> from the Nebraska staff uh, every time for some reason I'm telling you go back and watch Most those outstanding things production. they've got a huge best supporting act they have got a, a a package ready to go for him that they're waiting to bust out at some point and he's gonna go for like 200 yards combined rushing and receiving at some point this year. <laughs> Judd Davies against Baylor here or what? All right. What game uh, in the second half of the season, not the second half of the game, what game in the second half will feature Nebraska's largest margin of victory? Uh, Caleb, you already wrote yours down. So Northwestern. You think it's Northwestern? I are do. we all Are we all going north safely Northwestern here at this no. point? I don't think you'll find out what my score prediction is at the end of this show. So, so. You, you think? Yeah, I I gotta. I, oh, you'll hear mine. I am going to go. Yeah, so we're not going to be close. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to go a little different here. I am going to go Michigan State. All right. So Jack takes mine two times in a row. <laughs> um. All right. You can so. keep. You, you can. You, you can go you, with you Michigan can, State. You can go with that if that's what you really. Well, you go with North. Well, you're not going with. I'm Northwestern. not going Northwestern. I kind of think it's Northwestern, but I also didn't want to do the same thing. I think it's. I think it's going to be Michigan State, and so I'm going to go Michigan right. State. I just think I think they're going to quit their season yeah, after they lose after they lose to, to Michigan seven. after yeah. Michigan. That's the 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 talk unless they call right off now. the game the way they lost that Rutgers game too. Well, it's mean, just every every indication is they're about to quit their season, yeah. so it's going to get really ugly in East Lansing, mm-hmm. which that's kind of what benefit. I think too. Although I think. Yeah, Northwestern probably is my very close second on that. Uh, all right, this is a fun one, too. Who, if anyone, is the first defensive or special teams player for Nebraska to score a touchdown in the second half? You can also say no one, which is very not fun, so please don't do that. Anybody want to go? I'll go. Yeah. I'll start, if it, uh, unless you guys want to. I, I want to get ahead of Jack here, because yeah. I'm tired of this. If you take mine, I'm going to be so mad. Tommy Hill. Good. Oh, that's a good guess too. Because he, he can do return a couple kicks. Ways. He we saw him like as soon as he got that ball against Illinois. Yeah, he was like ready to turn that into six points, which is what he did in high school. And I want something good to happen for Tommy Hill because there's a lot of people who just like to just tee off yeah, on him right I know. now. I know, and I understand, but he is. You don't have to accept this. Yeah, he is one of the most athletic people on that team, and they're going to give him. Every opportunity, and the coaches so love him. get yeah. over it now. He is going to be on the field, whether you like him or not. He's going to play. Yeah, Caleb. This one feels a little bit like a like a stretch, just because where he is, especially on punt, where he's coverage and he's gunner and he's getting downfield. I'm st- I'm still going to go with Phelan Sanford. St- stupid athletic. If he gets the ball in his hands, you know the opportunities he has on the field. He's going to have one thing on his mind. Yeah. Do you know how it's going to happen? And if it does for Sanford, it's going to be like when Deontay Williams had the strip sack uh-huh. of banana eating Will Levis, or was it Trace McSorley? <laughs> Which one was it? <laughs> you guys know the Will? Yeah, Levis the, thing. the yeah. Penn State thing. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't peel the banana. Yeah, he just, yeah, oh, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, I don't remember now which of the, the two terrible quarterbacks it was. Yeah. Um, which congratulations to the Tennessee Titans on Will Levis. Good luck there. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, I am going to go. Uh, I'm go- like, there's a part of me that thinks the most likely way this really is going to happen is going to be some kind of like fumble deep in their own territory on a sack or something. And, and like, so, hut maker. so pick a big guy. Like, there's a part of me that wants to do that, but I don't know who I would pick exactly. So I'm going to go back to Hartzog since I kind of wanted to pick him for the other one. Mm. I'm going to pick Malcolm Hartzog on a pick six. So I'll take Malcolm Hartzog there. All right, uh, two more left. Billy Kemp led the team in the first half with 20 receptions. Uh, twenty receptions, man. How many more do you think he adds in the second half? What do you? Uh, what number you're going to predict Billy Kemp gets? Who I guess you would expect is probably going to be he or Fedoni will be Nebraska's top uh, pass catcher. I think it's probably fair to say at this point, barring something unexpected. So, what do you want to say? Twenty during the first half. What are you giving him in the second half? I will. I'll start. I think it's going to be more. Um, I'll say I'm going to say thirty-one. I'll go thirty-one for him. Twenty-eight. 28. Um, let me let me see. I, there was something I wanted to look up at. How, I want to know how many catches he's he's gotten each game. Oh, brother. With Harburg as the quarterback. Oh, brother. This kind of advanced analysis could have been done before the show. It, it could have been. It could have been. I didn't want to look up at this one. Uh, it's okay. There we go. We had no catches against Minnesota. And he had six catches against Colorado, but we don't know if I think it was six. I don't know if all six were with Jeff Sims in the game. All right. So what what did you guys each say? Uh, he, Mike said twenty eight. I said thirty one. I'll say twenty four. Okay. All right. I'll say so four. Again. I'm the most bullish on Billy Kemp being more involved. I like that. I stick by that. Uh, all right. Last one. I'm giving you one more player to add to your helmet sticker team who is not currently taken by another team. Can you show Uh, us what the rosters are? The rosters as they stand right now. Mike's, again, were picked by Josh Peterson. Mike's got Jeff Sims. I appreciate you saying that every week. It gives me (laughs) just an out. Jeff Sims, Billy Kemp, MJ Sherman, and Tristan Alvano. I've got Gabe Irvin, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, Luke Rutter, and Thomas Fedoni. I'll be having multiple players playing a game for the first time in a month. That's exciting. Uh, And uh, Caleb's got Ramir Johnson. Amazing. Uh, Ramir Johnson, Brian Buschini, Quinton Newsom, and Deshaun Singleton. I don't know that we should pick more players at this point because it seems to be a curse. I don't want anyone to get hurt. (laughs) Yes. Uh, let's see, Mike. You can go first, and then Caleb, and then I'll go last. I, mean, so. I, I like. I have to go. Yeah, with you're, you're good. one of the H names. Yeah, there, right? yeah. Which one do you? Which one do you go? And you know, the nice thing would be to allow Caleb to 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 get the helmet sticker of a guy that he used to coach and track and, <laughs> and all of that. But I'm not a nice guy. Give me Heinrich Harburg. I covered him in high school too. You don't get to claim all of this. All right, Caleb. Uh, well, you're I'm I'm winning, so I suppose you. Would All right, the then, I'll t- then I'll then t- I'll well, I I figured a hut maker was going to be gone, but I'll- do it. Take heart duck. No, I'm not dead. <laughs> I was thinking of somebody else in the secondary. No, okay, I'll take Hutmaker then if you're giving me. Uh, he's the leader. I mean, that's the smart play there. I'll take Hutmaker, especially in the types of games they're going to play in. Who are you taking then? Let's see I if you were going to take who I would have taken. Anthony Grant. What? You're taking Grant? Give me Anthony Grant. He's wow. Better. I love that. I mean, Give me Anthony Somebody Grant. Somebody believes in him. 
How about that? I, well, I figure we've already gone through two two running backs. Why not just give me a third because he's the last I one. See, standing. I thought the sneaky one here would be if you took Malachi Coleman on the off chance that he has like two important catches. Everybody in this room is just going <laughs> to give him You one. know I'm going to be. So yeah. then you're just going to get I'm like gonna be, six. Oh, the same way. way I took Bushini. I'm biased yeah. for the Lincoln East Spartan. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the other one I was considering was Gifford. Gifford was the other one that I thought yeah. about giving one to. But. All right. There you go. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Since our, our first kind of competition kind of stunk since we did so bad. Now I have something else to sort of look forward to watching throughout <laughs> the course of the season. All right, at 7.32, we got the uh, Morning Drive, the Friday House Tailgate Morning Drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. That's coming up next on KLIN. Hear the Huskers, home and away. Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday edition of the Morning Drive on the Friday Husker Tailgate. All right, having fun this morning on the Friday Husker Tailgate, Nebraska Northwestern tomorrow, 2.30 pregame, 10.30. By the way, if you're looking for volleyball tomorrow after the game, if you want to do post game for the Husker game, that's here on KLIN. If you want to do volleyball, have you heard there's a uh, have you have you heard about this? Have we, have, do we know this big volleyball game tomorrow night? Uh, that'll be over sister station B1073. So that's pregame six with John Baylor starting at seven. So you want to do post game for the football game? Stay here on KLIN. You want to do the volleyball game? It's okay. One time only. Go across the hall to B1073. Have you talked about the potential of this being one of the greatest Saturdays in recent be. memory? It very much. I mean. Doesn't, Can you imagine what O Street much, is going to look like and the, the man, people that are going to pour down that there? It would be great to get to uh, follow <laughs> up a football win with a volleyball win on uh, on Saturday. So, All right, let's start counting them down. The Morning Drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management, starting with... Number five. The Michigan Wolverines have been accused of sending scouts to steal signs. Thoughts? Okay, so the the weird thing about this is... It's okay to steal signs. What it's not okay actually has nothing to do with the sign stealing. It's just sending an in-person scout or member of your staff or quasi-member of your staff to an away game. That's it. That's the violation here, if I'm understanding it right. Now, what they've been doing... Is well, the re- that's the reason it's the violation. Like, it's because the they went in that. person. Yeah, right. But have they been just having someone watching it on TV and doing it? Or, well, you wouldn't be able to steal it that way. Or had some, or or were, was was doing it in the stadium during 
right during the actual game where Michigan played in it, that would be okay. Mm-hmm. All of those things would be okay. It's just going somewhere else. But the interesting thing is something got all tied together for me. I was watching the Rutgers-Michigan game a couple of weeks ago when it was kind of tight at the beginning. Rutgers was playing all right. It looked like they might make it a game. They interviewed Greg Schiano coming out of the first half, and he says something to the effect of, there's some things going on out there that just aren't right. That just And he's furious. And I'm like, what in the world is he talking about? And then I kind of forgot about it. I think we know now, and I think we know one of those schools that has complained about Michigan. Ohio State was told before they played Michigan last year from another Big Ten team, be careful of this. Michigan knew all of our plays, knew all of our signals. They'll know all of yours, too. And that was reported before Michigan absolutely just stomped on Ohio State's head last year. So this has kind of been a known thing, um, at least in the Big Ten for a while. And the reason they're going to get in trouble, and they should. I mean, it's in the actual rules. You can't have people at these games. And so they're, like, the the part about it to me that's fascinating is where were they sending them? Like, I don't necessarily know for sure that they had people at Nebraska versus Louisiana Tech or Nebraska, you know, like, there could also be non-Big Ten teams involved in this, too, because they're scouting for the potential of the playoffs. But um, it is kind of funny, because my guess is they didn't scout TCU at all. And, you know, <laughs> right. that went how it went. So, right. I I don't know. I It's amazing. Harbaugh finds himself in all of these things all the time. I I find the uh, the attitude of if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying really stupid. Uh, and so, to me, it's like, okay, they cheated. They got caught. How about a postseason ban? Maybe it goes into effect this year. Ooh. Is that worthwhile for them to do so they could get an edge on uh, checks and notes? Rutgers, did, Indiana, Nebraska. Did you see where Michigan State said they considered not playing this game for yeah. a little while? Well, that they're supposed they, to play? I mean, they're going to. a lot to. of reasons why they don't want it. Yeah. It's looked uh, like Michigan State hasn't been playing their game. Wouldn't for it be a while. hilarious if everyone on their future schedule is like, yeah, we're not comfortable playing this game? <laughs> like, we're, that was oddly, We don't feel like we should have to play. It was this. weirdly brought up. It was sort of discussed yesterday. Here was Harbaugh's statement, by the way. If this, See if you feel like this, it, how, how this lands for you. I do not have knowledge of information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff member or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff (laughs) having done that or having directed that action. Yikes! Well, well, that was crafted. Wow! I don't believe any of it. Regardless, the way that he put that makes me for sure... I mean, if I wasn't sure before it was happening, that statement, the whole I had no awareness instead of we weren't doing it, yikes. They definitely were. They're going to get hammered hard. They still have an open investigation with the NCAA over alleged recruiting violations. So what does the Michigan team do when they have this, the sanctions do come down? Do they go out and do a special formation, hold up however many fingers? Probably. Well, it'll be fascinating next year when the head coach of the Chicago Bears is Jim Harbaugh. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be coaching for Michigan next year. I There's can't no imagine that he is. He's already sat out three games this year. Yeah, He's going to get a bigger suspension coming. Yep. There's no way he's going to be their coach. Like, this is... It, 
it's a game changer for Michigan football. Like what happens coming out of it? You, so you think this is going to be a big? You think this is going to yeah, be I a do. big response? Yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, I think there's people in the college football world that are really upset by it. Yeah. And this isn't, you know, it came out yesterday, but this has been discussed. It's been bubbling for the NCAA level for a while now. Yeah. Number four. Well, at Memorial Stadium tomorrow, they will celebrate the 100th anniversary of the stadium and all of its different looks. And as a matter of fact, on the field, they will honor that very first game with a blue outline on an alternate jersey. Just around the number. It's interesting. I can't, everyone kind of forgot about that this week. Like, yeah, there's, it, a, there's an alternate jersey. There hasn't been this week. that much. I, don't, I mean, you haven't even seen any videos or anything. I think like some that. of it is because there's not a lot of excitement around what yeah. they're doing for the alternate. Yeah, the hundred. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff happening with the hundred anniversary. Even you know, I'm sure there will be during the game. Uh, but some of the stuff that's come, you know, externally, I think a couple of things I would look at, like Nebraska public media. I don't know if you've done it yet or not, but they put out. Like a, um, a a virtual tour of the stadium, circa nineteen forty something. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. You can walk around basically and look at everything around the stadium. So check that out. That's really cool. Um, shout out to an article Dave Fight did on Husker Match, yeah. where he counted down all for a hundred years. He did a significant number for each of the things that happened in the hundred years. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. So check out Husker Match for that. Um, Dave's article there. A lot of other reviews. It was weird. I was thinking, guys, my first game at Memorial Stadium was 1986. It was Nebraska and Oregon in 1986. So I have been going to games or been there for 37 of the 100 years, if you do the math there. So not even not even half of the whole thing. So a lot of, a lot of good memories there. A lot, of, a lot of games. A lot of bad memories lately, though. <laughs> really. Just tack that on right A lot of bad memories. And so I'd like to forget those. But yeah, I wonder, will you be able to even see the blue... Will you even be able to see these blue outlines on the numbers, with, wow. uh, on the close-ups? Like, are is people- the enthusiasm for alternate uniforms in general just kind of dead since everybody does a lot of stuff now? Maybe it's not as much. There's just no reason to be like. Would there be disappointment? It. They used to say, "Well, it's a big in recruiting." Is it anymore? Like, no. has that changed? I haven't asked about alternate uniforms in probably five years. So. Now it would be a big deal if Nebraska was coming out in all blues. Yeah, honestly, that would have been kind of. That would have been. I mean, if you're doing it, that's what they did. That's what I was rooting for. Right. I just want them to bring back the the 2012 Wisconsin. <laughs> no, just one time, bring it back. <laughs> the, the original. Do a 10 year anniversary the throwback. of the 2012. The death passed. Ah, yes, yeah, so you can't even do that. So do a 15. 15 I guess, in maybe in 2027. Bring back yeah. the avoid the noid uniforms for Nebraska. <laughs> they could also Wisconsin. bring back those iced out uniforms against Northwestern. Those were the from best. 16. Yep. Those are good. Those were the best. And I still will say I liked. I will still say I liked the black jerseys. Hate I liked the black jerseys. Hate them. Okay. Hate Difference em. of opinion. Especially, you know what's great? That and you play 11 a.m. games with them. Always looks real cool. Uh, all right, moving on. Number three. Well, we've heard that Jeff Sims is healthy. We'll get more into that on the the next question. But Luke Reimer is back. What have you guys heard on the injury impacts for this week, as well as the guys that are out for the season, both Ramir Johnson and Marcus Washington have noted that they want to come back for another First year. All, I didn't know Washington had any more eligibility left. Yeah, so I was surprised to hear that. I think that would be based on getting a waiver from the oh, NCAA. Okay. So I'm not betting on that. Okay, but Ramir, Ramir's interested in coming back, which by all means, I mean, yeah, man, he's just played so little over the course of two years. 
uh, that I'm sure he's itching to do that. Hopefully, you'll be able to stay healthy if he does it. Now, in terms of uh, in terms of this thing, you're coming off such a solid defensive performance, and you don't have the person who arguably going into the season means your best defensive player in Luke Reimer, and you're adding him him back. It'll be interesting, Mike, to kind of see. Um, you know, I I know it wasn't necessarily like an injury situation where he might be hobbled or something by that, but it will be interesting to see after being off for three weeks the way that he, they kind of use him here uh, during this game. Yeah, I, I think we see a lot of Luke Reimer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he has uh, a pretty heavy tackle game. I mean, I just the way this game sort of sets up and the, the opponent and everything else, it just feels like we're going to see a lot of play action passing to tight ends. He's going to be in coverage of that. There's going to be a lot of downhill running with running backs. He's going to be involved in that. So I I wouldn't be surprised if you you come away with, from this and you're like, huh, that guy missed three weeks, huh? Yeah. Or I, I three games, essentially. He got knocked out right away in that Louisiana Tech one. Yeah. Uh, didn't play Michigan or Illinois. And so it's been basically four weeks since he's been full go. Wow. Um, and You're adding him to a defense I, that's humming right, right now. And the thing is... They mix and match with those middle linebackers anyways, so it's not like it's going to be... It's not like you're worried about what it's going to do to the defense as a whole. He's just going to be out there, and then John Bullock will be out there, and Nick Hendricks will be out there. Mm-hmm. And, yep, that, uh, that's what I was going to say. This yeah. defense sets up well for someone who has to come back from an injury or time off, get reacclimated. Is that they're not going to be out there 100% well, of the time because of the rotation. Yeah, rotations. And you know what? We, we talked so much at the beginning of the year about how I, I, I at least I'll say for myself I was just surprised how many players that they rotated in and out. Yeah, have you game. learned their names yet? Like, I, I still the numbers are still not. It, I'm never going to be good with these numbers. I cannot get the single digits thing. I can't think if it's. We well, should have done it. Just I get a quiz. Gifford, Caleb and I ask you a different number and yeah. you tell us. Which I get Gifford, Reimer, Henrich, and Bullock mixed up all the time. I still don't know which Three, is four, which. Four or five? What's hard about? This? I don't know which is which. Three I, I, is Hendridge, four is Reimer, five is Bullock. In the heat of the game, I can't figure it out quickly. My brain. Three doesn't. is Hendridge, four is Reimer, five That's is Bullock. Fine, it's easy to say now, but when you're in the fog, of, physically when you're in the, the fog of a football game, <laughs> the fog. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, what were we talking about? I forgot. Oh, what I was trying to say was, what I was trying to say was this season when I was going through and counting. You remember this? And I was like, gee, me Christmas, twenty three players played in this game. And, you know, I was surprised. I wasn't negative about it. But, man, it has really set up a situation when you've had some injuries here and there that it has not had a huge impact. Injuries just haven't had a huge impact on this defense. And, I mean, you can even go to Phelan Sanford coming in for, for Singleton, uh, right? You can you can go to that defensive end position, too, where you've had injuries as you well. You lost Buford. Uh, yeah, Buford. Who still potentially right. could come back later. Oh, that there. could have been an element sticker if you really wanted to. Right. And just continuing to continue to have waves of players on this defense. It's been, it, it, it it's really worked out. It's really worked out because you watch that Illinois game and what you weren't even saying. Boy, you really missed Luke Reimer in that game because you weren't. And that's not you saying something on the first negative. Drive, yeah, the last time that's true. It. That's true. All right. Now to the quarterback position. Number two. Heinrich Harburg named the starter. Why do you guys think this decision well, was made now? We, we, I mean, we all kind of covered that a little bit in our discussions before. I, just, you know, they're they've, they're winning. They've got momentum. He hasn't been turning the ball over extensively. You I feel think he like won he, over his teammates too, and maybe that's it too. You, it just it would be hard to it'd be t- hard to screw with the momentum. I think at this point, and I think they think it puts Jeff Sims in a tough spot too to even bring him in and do this. And so I think they can find they they want to find maybe a better chance for him 
if he needs to, to, to get involved again. I think the more interesting question now, um, Mike, you touched on this a little bit, is, okay, have they already kind of transitioned the offensive scheme to completely harborize it? I would hope that's what or, they did during the bye week. Is that, do you think that had already happened, though, before, or do you think we'll be able to tell even more of that here for this I, week? I would think that it would have been hard to do during the run of the season because you spent so much of August building to a different quarterback that you got through what you needed to get through and you tailored things in games and you ran stuff that would work well. But the nice thing is with that bye week, Marcus Satterfield and Heinrich Harburg could sit down and be like, what are you comfortable with? What are you, you know, what are you seeing out there that could work for you? I don't know that you get that during a regular game because you're already focused on You've already done the the scout of what you want to run against Michigan or Louisiana Tech or Illinois, and so then you're you're kind of just going off of that. Here you get to get a restarted a little bit. Maybe we see some things put in there with the option, and then you work some passes off of that. I know that's a big part of the uh, the oddly specific predictions right, this week, right? Uh, but you know, so I a lot of it to me is you can kind of tailor a little more of what you want to do to Heinrich Harburg than you could have earlier. Yeah. Which in theory should help him play a little bit better, which is good because you've already kind of been your best offensive player. So if he can play a little bit better, that can bring the other guys up with him. Caleb, if you're harborizing an offense, this term I invented harborizing an offense, what are you what are you doing more of? What are you that that they maybe haven't been doing a ton of right now? Or does it look all that different? <laughs> I mean, you're you're running the heck out of the ball. You're you're still trying to get him to pitch it a little bit more, but make that decision, not just say you're going to pitch it. Um, so I hope they they worked on that a lot with him over the last two weeks. But yeah, I think quicker to, to to medium passes, not so many deep shots, unless you've got a guy wide wide open. I think a lot of that is just because of how teams have just played the box. They have to throw those to try to open things up yeah. as much as they can. All right. Let's, uh, I had some other thoughts, but Caleb's telling me I have to move on to them. <laughs> Number stay, one. stay in my mind. Rude. While Coach Rule doesn't want to look ahead past the current game, of course that's something we do on occasion, and becoming eligible for a bowl game is a possibility. In fact, Nebraska is listed in most bowl projections out this week. Ooh, is that how, true? How yes. significant for the program and the fan base would a bowl bid be this year? I'm glad you asked, Mike. I looked them up. Here are the projections. USA Today has Nebraska in the quick lane bowl in Detroit versus Toledo. Uh, the first ESPN projection also has Nebraska in the quick lane bowl versus Ohio. Second, They have two guys do it for ESPN. The second one has Nebraska in the pinstripe bowl in New York City versus Miami. Uh, Athlon has Nebraska in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Arizona versus TCU. Brett McMurphy, same thing, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, but versus Kansas. Sign Yah- me up. Just Yahoo sign me up has the that. Arizona one versus TCU. CFN, College Football News, has in Las Vegas Bowl versus UCLA. Uh, technically a conference game at that point. Uh, and then Detroit Free Press. I don't know why I picked the Detroit I love Free that you Press. have them. Quick Lane Bowl versus Miami, Ohio. And then your friends at 24-7. Did They're their no own? Slash there just it, for future thank you. Uh, the branding. Okay. Uh, they also had the guaranteed rate bowl in Arizona versus BYU. Yep. So there's some options, but it'd be it'd be nice. It'd be nice. I, I think the fans would be excited about it, no matter what. In contrast, to the some biggest years thing is what we talked about earlier in the show. Psychologically, yeah. it, it feels good. You feel like you've you've gotten to something. Yeah. But let's go to Arizona, everybody. Yes. Guaranteed rate bowl. Let's do it. 
do the show from down there. I, there we go. Bull, because <laughs> yeah. we'll probably be doing a bull one. We have, we've never had the opportunity. I bet we will, though, uh, if we uh, if we have a bull game on our hands. All right, 7 before, that's it for the morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Cue the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. I'm Stephen Artisty. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIS. All right, we took too long on those segments. We're going to get a quick look at the Big Ten slate this week. Wisconsin at Illinois. Ooh, upset alert. Are the Illini hot now? Rutgers at Indiana. Oh, boy. Rutgers can get bowl eligible with that one. Penn State at Ohio State. That's a marquee game happening at 11 a.m. Minnesota at Iowa, one of the lowest over-under numbers ever it's in beautiful. college football history. And then Michigan at Michigan State. That game's going to be ugly in so many ways, I don't even know where to start. 7.58 on KLIN. Your home for Husker football is 1,499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Side. Snap back. They give it off to Anthony Grant. Picks his way to the left. Inside the 40, 35, 30. Breaks the tackle. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody is thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Three eligible to the near side. Back to throw is Morgan. It's hit drop. Oh, he got drilled at the 18-yard line. Ty Robinson's second sack of the year. I think he took his shoes off with that hit. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. First. Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Okay. Le- you turned your own mic on there very I just quickly. want to get through this first part of it. Last last pick. We're not Don't text in this word now. But the last time the word was purple. Just purple. Purple. And do you still have the clip? Do you want to play it? No. Wanna... I, oh, I, good. I, I closed it for you. I misspelled it. I played it, it one time. I, I wasn't going to rub it in. I had my second misspelling of the year. I spelled... In haste, by the way, not it was not because of knowledge. It was just over haste. I spelled purple P R U P L E. What color is the team on uh, on on Mike's hoodie right now? Uh, purple. 
Pruple. <laughs> P-R-U-P-L-E. The uh, Pruple People Eaters. All right. So we are in the final pick uh, uh, section of the show. Wait, waiting for Gryffindor Steph still, by the way. She didn't make her pick. All right. Not well. yet. So um, we, uh, we are going to uh, give someone a pick for the final pick this week who texts us in the next <laughs> keyword. Chicken Rich texted in Pruple. <laughs> Great. That, no, that's not the word. That's though. not the word. Wildcats. W I L D C A T S. Wildcats. Wildcats. There you go. There we go. Wildcats. <laughs> and by the way, why does it look like the uh, wildcat on the helmet of Northwestern is getting some kind of a uh, a surprise exam or something that he wasn't expecting right at that moment? It was. It's just he looks like he is really in an uncomfortable position. It looks like he is being probed and not expecting it or something. But nonetheless, Wildcats texted in, and you can. Uh, have a pick, the final pick, on how many total points are scored between Nebraska and Northwestern. Uh, and we have nothing to update because Gryffindor Steph didn't make a pick. That's so right. She needs to do that. And then you can go to KLIN.com. You can check those, follow along during the game, and give you a little something extra to cheer for uh, for oh, this for Gr- this game. Gryffindor Steph just texted. Thanks okay, for listening, what's, Steph. What's she pick? 39. 39. Mike was saying in that range between yeah. 35 and 40. So that's so Mike Shaver approved. in that range, yeah. Mm-hmm. This pick is Mike Shaver approved. Okay. <laughs> Man, this helmet and that logo. <laughs> yeah, that... It's stupid. <laughs> you're looking at one of the specialty ones where it's just the Wildcat without the N, right? Is, yeah, is what you were looking yeah. at there. But the, I didn't even know. Like, when you said that, I was like, all I know is the N. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? No, look about? at the, the Wildcat. And then they have their American one that... You know, whatever. Right. Yeah, look at the wildcat himself. He looks to be wildly uncomfortable. I. He doesn't look mean or angry like some mascots, or happy like some mascots look. He borderline looks, looks like the Angry Beavers cartoon from Nickelodeon in 1996. <laughs> what a call! I have no, that is nice. You guys have hit the the complete valley of my knowledge <laughs> of kids content in the mid 90s because I have none of it. Anyway. Anyway, uh, all right, so make your pick there, uh, or, or text in Wildcats, and you might get to make the pick. Hey, we haven't really spent much time. It's so bad. <laughs> Continue. That one's like kind of different, actually. I know, that one looks different. Oh, they've got different versions of bad. That's good. I do. Okay, one thing I do like that Northwestern has to, I like the little one there uh, when they put, it looks like a, uh, a, Cumberbund? a pool ball. <laughs> A pool ball through the middle of the thing. I didn't mind that. Do you remember the one year, though, they debuted like the gothic letters one around Halloween uh, when Nebraska went down there with Tommy Armstrong and Nebraska beat him? They had their, their they ice the, out, but... The, no, this was even earlier than that. This is with Tommy Armstrong. Northwestern wore all black with like gothic. It was like a Halloween scary Ooh, uniform. I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was some kind of trick play through a pass to Tommy Armstrong in that game. Um, anyway. Why don't they just bring back the simple NU? Yeah, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. I like that a lot we'll more see. than the cartoon we'll wildcat. So, uh, Northwestern this year. Let's talk about this team this year. It's an inch. I, I mean, I'll tell you this, Mike. I thought this team had a chance at going uh, over the year. Yep. Uh, they they lost to Rutgers 24-7 in that first game. I, it was on a Sunday, so a lot of us probably watched it because it was the only game on at the time. I know I did. And I remember going away from that game saying, yikes, this team. Holy that cow. That was like my most bad. excited pick. To yeah. make in a pick 'em league. And then the next week, they were an underdog at home to UTEP. 
They were an underdog in that game. They ended up winning that game 38-7, to and they've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss throughout the entire season. Lost to Duke 38-14. That's a pretty respectable loss at this point because Duke's shown themselves to be very good, ranked 21st in the nation. Should've Duke's defense is also legit. Yeah. yeah. Um, then came back and beat Minnesota. Scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. I was watching the beginning of that game, turned it off. I remember I turned on Notre Dame and Ohio State that night, so I didn't really follow this game. Yeah. I still don't quite know what happened exactly, other than Northwestern came back and won that thing in overtime and beat Minnesota 37-34. They lost to Penn State 41-13, but eyebrows were raised at halftime of that game, if you recall. It was a big conversation in the press box. Because the score at halftime was 10-10. to Yeah. And then Penn State just turned it on in the second half and ran away from him. But it was 10-10 to at halftime in that one. And then then they played Howard, uh, an FCS team, last week. And they struggled to to finish that one. And they won that one 23-20 uh, and almost let Howard come back in the fourth quarter on yep. that one. Two touchdowns uh, and ended up holding on for dear life at the end. And they beat Howard at that one. So, Mike, all that to say... I don't really know. I mean, I know Northwestern isn't one of the top teams in the Big Ten. Beyond that, I don't really know much uh, to assess who they are based on their resume. They're yeah. better than I thought they would be. I'll I mean, so this is sort of damning here with faint praise, but uh, Nebraska will have better skill position players than Northwestern this weekend, and that includes after losing your top two of your top three running backs, three of your top four wide receivers. They just don't have skill, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just a very oddly put-together team. Um, they will play through their defense. They have a quarterback that's pretty interesting in, in Ben Bryant. Um, solid. He played for Cincinnati last year. I think he was 9-2 and two, mm-hmm. uh, for Cincinnati. They, they tend to be at their best when they have the Peyton Ramsey-esque quarterback that can just kind of distribute the ball to different players. Mm-hmm. And um, they just don't have those players. Like, they don't have an Austin Flynn. They don't have a Carmichael. They don't have, you know, those guys that have just killed Nebraska from the slot-wide receiver spot. They don't really right. have that this year. Um, they don't have an Evan Hole. They don't have, like, or not Evan Hole. Was it was it Evan Hole? They, they just don't have the running backs that yeah. they used to have either. So they're just, they're really limited on offense, and they're going to play through their defense. They're going to try to make it a field position game. They're going to try to turn over Heinrich Harburg. They're going to try to get short fields and score that way. Um, and that's really, you know, that's really what they are. And the thing is, if if Ben Bryant starts and plays throughout the game, he does a good job of limiting turnovers. If they have to go with their other quarterbacks, there could be several, you know, opportunities for interceptions. They're more sporadic. With so them. Brendan Sullivan. So Bryant, by the way, just an update on Bryant. They said at the uh, at the Northwestern press conference midweek was that there was still it was still unclear on whether or not Bryant was was going, going to play. play. Um, yeah, we don't. I mean, that's all all we really know here at this point. But but yeah, Bryant. So the starter, the Cincinnati transfer. If he gets the ball, he's he's the best option that they've got. Six touchdowns, three interceptions this year, throwing it at a fifty nine percent clip here. Um, so so doing fine. Sullivan did get the start against Howard. He was thirteen for eighteen, a couple of touchdowns in that game. So he was all right too at that point. I didn't realize they still have this uh, the Helinski guy on their roster, and yeah. he's like Been he was a, he was a, and he was a starter. Uh, for a while, so, Cam Porter was a name I couldn't come up with. That's their running back. He's okay. okay. That's their... he's, he's okay. He's you. You wouldn't expect him to really hurt you, but I mean, he's got seventy four carries, three hundred yards on the season, four yards a carry, 
only a single touchdown. And then after that, it's basically, I mean, that's it. Yeah. For their running backs, yep. you, then you go to I mean Sullivan, who who is going to run a little bit more at quarterback, and Jack Lausch, who's been in, who's the third quarterback. He's played a little bit, and he's also he's more a of a. They're going to use him as a runner, or kind of a not wild, kind of like what up. Rutgers yeah. would do with that random quarterback that they would put in that nobody understood why they were doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, if you know what I'm talking yes, about, it's very specific. I from last example, year. Yes. Uh, and then in terms of their wide receivers, uh, their top performers, a guy named Bryce Kurtz, he's got three touchdowns, uh, 24 receptions for 327 yards, uh, does have an 80-yard catch, 80-yard touchdown in there as well. Uh, then Cam Johnson, uh, he, there's two Cams, so that's a little confusing. He's Cam got, Cam. he's actually got more receptions, uh, not quite the big play though, and doesn't have a touchdown. So those are the two main guys that they'll throw to. Got a tight end with only eight receptions, a couple of tight ends that only have five, eight receptions. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm just doing this so, we, so you know. I think the big, it'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback. That'll be the most interesting thing. Is Bryant healthy? Is he all full go at this? Do they have to go with Sullivan? Uh, or will they will they go elsewhere? And then you talk about uh, about defense. Their top player uh, for sacks, a linebacker named Xander Mueller. He's uh, put up some numbers. He's also got an interception, got a decent amount of tackles. Top ta- tacklers also a linebacker named Bryce Gallagher. Those are probably their two top defensive players statistically as well. Um, uh, just in terms of other stuff, got three interceptions on the year, so not a tremendous ball hawking team. Uh, forced four fumbles this year, so you know, kind of about about where Nebraska. They is haven't missed a kick this year. That, that's that's notable. These games have often come come down to kicks. Their kicker Jack Olson is four for four so far this year, and sixteen for sixteen on extra points. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting as I was reading as I was looking over some of the. Um, some of the write-ups that the uh, Northwestern media had done uh, done on this. It was interesting. The, this paragraph says, Northwestern hopes to end their dual-threat quarterback woes. Dual-threat quarterbacks have been the bane of the Northwestern's defense for several years running, and Nebraska signal caller Heinrich Harburg is their latest adversary at this point. And so... They 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 went back to talking about Duke and Riley Leonard having a ton of success running the ball against them. So evidently that's something. I mean Harburg, this this is looking like a game where Harburg is going to get a whole lot of carries. I would think. Yeah. And and it's it's another thing for Nebraska. We didn't talk about this when we were talking about the quarterback situation, but there is some level of comfort I think probably knowing that okay, you know obviously you don't expect or want Harburg to get hurt. But you're not playing scared of him getting hurt. Shouldn't be. You 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 don't need to in ways that you have been in other seasons. And they haven't, to be honest, even when Sims has been a little banged up, they haven't exactly called games like they're afraid for Heinrich Harburg to run the ball. No. And no, he not does not run like someone who's afraid to get hit. Not at all. No. And and that might be better. It, you know, I, I wouldn't want him to feel limited mentally like that. You know, like I, I like that when he's out there. If you're going to tackle him, you're going to earn it. Right. And he he said it in a post-game presser, and I know Caleb is one of the home games. He said that there might be times where he's going to have to slide, but it's not like uh, – or he's going to have to duck out of bounds. But it, it's not like he's – Not much. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's gone into these games like, oh, no, got to be careful. There's just only me, and then after that it gets bad. So yeah. No, I'm pretty sure in Illinois he – like he sought a guy out at the goal line that yeah. he was like he there was room. They also had a guy who made a business decision and saw him and wanted no piece of yeah. it either. Yeah, there there was plenty of opportunity for Harburg yeah. on that where there was what like two touchdowns in ten seconds or whatever the graphic was, uh, because there was the 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 K 
kickoff and they picked up the ball. But he had plenty of opportunity to run away from guys. Yeah. Yeah. And he went, nah, that's my shortest distance between two points. By the way, him. that play where they scored right after the, was the, what, the kickoff, the kickoff fumble yeah. or, or kickoff that wasn't fielded. That was that worked really good. It was his own read keeper, basically. Yeah, he followed and Ethan boom. Piper and you know Man. almost helmet sticker Ethan Piper. Yeah, almost, almost. To, to absolute helmet sticker Heinrich Harburg. Offensive line gets a short <laughs> end of the stick on this on this whole thing as well. Mike, just kind of on Northwestern more generally here. Man, what a harrowing couple of months here for people who are left. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there people still have opinions on the Fitzgerald situation. But outside of that. To be thrown into this at at that point and try and cobble together any kind of a season, three and three. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like I think their I coach has imagine. done a great job. Yeah, I mean, they, David, they have David those Brown. guys. Yeah. And you commented on this. We both watched that Rutgers game. We both kind of <laughs> went from that thinking, "Oh, they don't have a uh, definitely. They don't have a prayer." And for them to have three wins, I think, is remarkable. Now, UTEP Howard. Minnesota, it's not like they've just beaten world beaters, but right. same for Nebraska. I mean, their wins are against Louisiana Tech and uh, Northern Illinois and, and Illinois. So the yeah. Huskers have to show up this weekend. They have to have respect for what Northwestern can do. And again, defensive coordinator is a head coach who's probably spent a lot of time looking at what Heinrich Harburg's deficiencies are. I think that it's going to be a slow start. On Saturday, really, I think both coaches are going to be feeling each other out. Both more than happy to play through their defense. Both happy to punt the ball when they need to punt the ball. Uh, I, I'm not. You know, we'll we'll get to the score predictions. I'm not expecting points. Man, po- really well, I, that's fine. Yeah, and and I can understand that not expecting it for the Nebraska offense, but it's really hard to to see Northwestern. You know, Northwestern's offense being yep. particularly successful either, especially if they don't have their quarterback. That's why your second winner. You know, stay between that yeah. 40, 30. Uh, by the way, David Braun, who is the interim head coach, who has led the team, as Mike pointed out, to a 3-3 three and three record, never been a head coach before, never even been an assistant at the FCS, or the FBS, no, the FCS, the guy hit those, the Division One A level. Yeah. The Division One A level, he had never even been, until he got hired in 2022, just last year, mm-hmm. after last year, got hired at this point. He was at North Dakota State as a defensive coordinator, which obviously is a very good uh, FCS program, uh, had been there for three years. And they then miss was, him. was at Northern Iowa, yeah. And then he was at Northern Iowa, like as a position coach for 2017 and 18. Prior to that, and so he's he has had to be thrown into this whole thing. They just happened to have kind of a new staff coming in yep. that year with Pat Fitzgerald, and so they didn't have a whole lot of experience to choose from to actually do this. Um, but like you said, Mike, it's hard. I mean, with almost no expectations at this point to have to do not only just you know a team. That already was rough last year, despite beating Nebraska. For people forget, they didn't win another game the rest of that year. Unbelievable! Didn't win another game. So you're coming in. Even if Pat Fitzgerald was the coach, they had the lowest expectations in the Big Ten. Then throw in that you lose your head coach, you lose a few players, and you obviously have the just the lack of enthusiasm that had to be rampant in that mm-hmm. program at the beginning of the year to be able to to even even pull off three wins I think including that Minnesota one is is incredibly impress, impressive and so again part and parcel of the reason why I don't think you just you just hand this one over to them here at this point. We'll be interesting to see what they do going forward as a, in a coaching situation. I don't know. I haven't checked out the Northwestern or Michigan State hot boards yet, but Well, Michigan uh, State's already getting the flight trackers out. I don't think Northwestern's quite there. <laughs> well, Northwestern's had more time. <laughs> 
They, I mean, we know what this is like. We Do they even need to like. use flight trackers? They're Chicago's team. They can just go to, you know, commercial flights out of uh, O'Hare, yeah. O'Hare, and Midway. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, it, we know what this is like. Last year, sort of wading through the entire season and then kind of seeing what's next. And I, I don't know if Braun would be a candidate. I, j- I honestly don't know where they're at right now and what kind of. Well, are. yeah, I think they'd be sort of looking for a different pool than Michigan State. And Michigan State, a lot of P.J. Fleck talk. <sighs> There's an Urban Meyer talk, too. Yeah, that ain't happening. Uh, yeah, <laughs> every place is always going to have Urban Meyer talk in the Big Ten as we... Uh, as we learn. Uh, all right. And hey, there's a lot for Nebraska to play for this weekend because, no, they're not playing the, the Panthers or the Salukis or the Leathernecks, but you can still get an Illinois state title if you, if oh, you wow. beat three of the teams, right? <laughs> wow. I guess so. I hadn't thought about that. I don't. Maybe we need for the bowl game to bring SIU Edwardsville up here to make to land of Lincoln, S- indeed. SIU Edwardsville has a club football team. Okay, well, I bring them up. Bring them up. I no. bet they got a lot of heart. No, we will send Carbondale. <laughs> if they die, they die. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, I also have no idea what that really means when you said it. <laughs> Uh, okay, Willie the Wheelie the Wildcat. Guess how this started? 1924, when Wallace Abbey, of course, the Chicago Tribune writer's name was Wallace Abbey. This is just a little bit too on the nose. When he wrote, the Northwestern team fought like Wildcats yesterday. The name so expressed the fighting spirit of the team name that the Wildcats was officially adopted as the university's athletic nickname. I really wish all of our writers were the ones now who are determining the nicknames for the teams because that clearly was the main way that it was done in the olden days, in the 1920s especially. So Yeah, but the problem is you'd be the Nebraska dumpster fires. <laughs> no, see, yeah. Right you now. guys need to get, you writers need to get a little bit more creative. You know, they fought like wildcats in okay. 1924. Where's, we'll where's some it. of that stuff here? Uh, so, nineteen shortly after that, the uh, late 1920s, they named the Wildcat. Then it gets into the 40s, and everybody's got to have an actual mascot, right? It's all the all the cool schools are doing that at that point. So, uh, Frank Willard, John Balch, Raj Johnson, and Bill Henning, who still have their names, they designed the first Willie for their homecoming float in 1947. <laughs> so, th- this is incredible. This is from the actual Northwestern website here. Can you say that sentence again? Yeah. Uh, uh, designed the first Willie specifically. Yeah. Uh, Frank Willard, John Balch, Raj Johnson, and Bill Henning designed the first Willie for their homecoming Amazing. float in 1947. So, they designed the head, but they had to have their mothers sew the rear section of the costume they had to call in the moms to finish up the costume because the 1940s fraternity guys didn't know how to how to handle a needle on a thread apparently um, so the first willie costume required two people one for willie's front and one for willie's rear end so it was a two-person mascot in 1948 two women female students uh, women, female, same thing, uh, wore the Willie costume, causing some trouble at a Notre Dame game. Notre Dame had a standing rule forbidding women from being on the field. So Willie was stopped at the gates of the South Bend Stadium. After a lengthy conference, the officials gave the women special permission to appeal. Look at Notre Dame wow. being so progressive in the 1940s. Way more Who would have expected that? Yeah, exactly. The fate of Willie did not improve in 1949 
when Purdue male cheerleaders, notorious bullies, not realizing that Willie was two women, picked up the Wildcat and threw it into their Boilermaker mascot. Well, I think that would have been inappropriate no matter the gender of the mascot people. Apologies were made after they heard the women yelling. Oh, it's females. This is in incredible. Here. This is all off the Northwestern website. Oh, so there you go. Since the inception in 1947, Willie the Wildcat's appearance has undergone many changes. Now it looks like he's getting an unwanted probe. I added that in, but still remains Northwestern University's athletic nickname. So there you go. If you were wondering what was going on. Oh, by the way, real quick, alums: Zoe Deschanel, Hugh Hefner, David Schwimmer, George R. R. Martin, Pharrell, Pharrell Williams went there. Julio Louis-Dreyfus had a son who played on the basketball team. Warren, Warren Beatty, Charlton Heston, Laura Linney, Cindy Crawford. I mean, I can keep going. Catherine Hahn, Zach Braff, Stephen Colbert, and Margaret, Megan Mullally. Look at that. I just hate Northwestern. It, <laughs> Nor- Northwestern is to national media what Columbus is to Nebraska media. Seth Myers, he's a big fan. Billy Eichner. How many of these people just like end up like getting a degree there after they already became famous? So. Or do they do they all just end up in Chicago and then they're now mm-hmm. Robert, like Abe Lincoln's uh, son went there. Robert Todd Lincoln went there. Eldest son of President Mary Todd Lincoln. Who's Jerry Orbach? That was an American actor and singer described at the time of his death as one of the last bona fide leading men of Broadway musical and global celebrity on television. Oh. There you go. It's 829. This is the LNK Today on the Friday Husker Tailgate on KLIN. Listen to the Friday Husker Tailgate every Friday this fall. Presented by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, it's 8.32. Welcome in. 46 degrees, Friday Oscar tailgate. And uh, joining us during the last half of the 8 o'clock hour, as he's been kind enough to do throughout the season, is 1011 Sports sports Director, Kevin Suits. Kevin, good morning. How are you doing today? Doing well. How was your bye week? Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> what, yeah, was I it? wasn't able to avoid the pumpkin patch, though. You, so, Caleb checked off the pumpkin patch yesterday. Did it so yesterday. you did the pumpkin patch. How was the crowd? It wasn't bad, actually. For a weekday? Well, as we arrived, we went, oh, they're not even using this other half of the parking lot we're normally used to seeing on a weekend. Yeah, that's a Beautiful weather. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. So you went, did you go during the weekend last weekend? Sunday. So during the the nonstop mist, basically? It it wasn't terrible. I was with three fourth grade boys. (laughs) Paint that picture. (laughs) 
I can hear the pain I'm, in your voice. I'm, I, I was trying to follow NFL on my phone. Oh, I, you know, I didn't really want to be there, but I was trying to be a good dad. Yeah. And it was the bye week. And my wife told me earlier in the day, because she had another obligation, so she was unable to go. So she said, you know, we, we, we need to get him there because he's been asking. And if we don't do it this day, I don't think it's going to happen. Right. And I think my son knew that, too. Yeah. So... I really didn't have a reason to not take him. Yeah. So he went okay. on the bye week. Yeah. And I hope I never do that again. <laughs> See, I, I was just telling Caleb, he had his first visit, and my kids are now 13 and 18, I think. Uh, and so my pumpkin patch days are kind of gone. My Halloween dress-up days are, oh, they're never are pretty gone, much Jack. gone. No, they are. Now, here's what you replace them with. This afternoon, you you took your son and his friends to the pumpkin patch. This afternoon, I'm taking my daughter to the Taylor Swift movie. So, there's give and there's take in this. Look, is it just the two of you, or does she have other friends? No, she that she's she told me there? her friends don't like Taylor Swift is that much, mm. and so she wanted to. She wanted I to like go. her friends. She's been asking to go, and so I said I would. <laughs> I would take her, and so I. So am, hold, I, I got to paint this picture here. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you have a friendship bracelet thing? I don't have a friendship do glitter. Bracelet. I don't like, have any of that. What, I'm what to, do you are wear? you going to get up into the ring around a rosy cult thing here's that we're the seeing thing. on social media? Here's what I heard when I thought about doing this: three hours in a recliner, right? Those nice, comfy Marcus <laughs> Theaters recliners. Three hours in a recliner, like I'm not turning that down. Say I, less, you know, right? I, maybe some food and uh, and that kind of thing. Of course, I'm there. But then she tells me, and she's showing me these videos that apparently most of the people who go to this concert treat it like an actual concert oh yeah and they're like standing up in the aisles and dancing and doing a bring around the rosy around the entire theater and I i'm was really like, that changes the equation for i'm me. really glad you are mentally prepared for this now yeah because it would have been really bad had you showed up and not had any, i would have liked that a lot more. i would have I, very much enjoyed oh that oh my gosh well <laughs> I, I mean i don't know what adjustments i'm gonna make right <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is this is where you learn what kind of a quality. There's in-game adjustments, and there's I don't know it's, in Taylor it's, Swift. Movie it's like adjustment. when you find out who the starting quarterback is. I mean, what am I going to do on Saturday morning about that? I mean, the game plan is the game. Do you have plan. a defensive game plan? No, I mean I did, but it's I, it's too late. Are to you going to play field now. position? What am I going to do now? Wow, differently? This, this sounds very much Scott Frost. Well, they came out at an odd man front. <laughs> <laughs> I, I there was nothing we could do about it at that point. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Do you so, at least know the snack situation here? Well, yeah. I mean, it's typical movie theater fare. Well, yeah, but assume. do you know what you're gonna? Are you prepared to pay the thirty-seven dollars for the popcorn? Do, you the have, no, actually, probably not. Do you know what those tickets were? Holy moly! Yeah, they were. They were I paid a lot for two tickets to that. It's movie. been a few years since I've gone to a movie, but not I think you're going to a concert. To. Uh, yeah, I think we're getting. I think they were more expensive than normal. I don't know if we get some kind of a Taylor Swift care package or something with this or what exactly. But you know, maybe you get. You know what? You should get some extra Travis Kelsey fantasy points for your fantasy team. <laughs> oh my! That goodness. would be a nice touch if you could buy those. I'd appreciate that. Uh, anyway, enough partner t- with Yahoo Sports. Enough Swifty talk. Although I mean, obviously it sells, so maybe we should be doing more. Well, good of luck it. today. But anyway, thank you. Yeah, you you won't. Yes, <laughs> while you're out, while you're out at the high school football games, I'm. Uh, you can think of me there. At least you got nice. You got nice weather here. It's going to be the great. football games today. Getting out and about tonight, which you know doesn't always happen in October. Yeah, the point. teams that are uh, just going to only play in the regular season that will not qualify for the playoffs, they should have zero gripes about the weather they've had on Friday nights. Yeah, outside no of outside of last week, where 
It was a little chilly, really breezy. That was really the only bundle-up game mm-hmm. of the nine-week regular season in Nebraska high school football. That yeah. is crazy to yeah. me. I hope we're not going to pay for it. Oh, we're going to. Next next weekend when the playoffs start. Yeah, yeah you're screwed. Or, or further yeah, down the line. I appreciate you attempting to verbalize that, you, though. Uh, you, you hope that we're not going go, to, but just, in your head, uh, you know we will. T- ask Shimmick what next weekend looks like. It won't be pretty. State championship <laughs> games, you're going to need that parka that Matt Rule bought up in Ainsworth. <laughs> Can we try to speak the uh, warm weather into a existence apparently that's the really cool thing to do now just speak things into existence no, no. matt rule always says that yeah he, he verbalizes it just wanting everybody to hear it so i would love to have you know whatever the day of the, of the state championships november 20th oh please 68 degrees beautiful <laughs> sunshine beaming down on memorial stadium i'm speaking it into existence <laughs> that's good that's good hey what do you make of matt rule with the like really we talked about this earlier in the show sort of this real focus on the psychology of this team and thinking in the moment and even referencing sort of the the between the ears problems of previous year's teams on this thing. He's really going all out with this right now. He went there. Yeah. And he didn't just go there and kind of like give a couple of, no. like drop a little bird seeds. He went all in on talking about what's plagued. When you say that's the problem with Nebraska football, everyone's ears should just go <laughs> right. straight. Like, hello. I thought so too. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, it wasn't just a, I think this, there was a very detailed explanation in his perspective of what has really held the program back over the past several years. And he kind of knew without saying all the numbers that the second halves of the seasons have really been poor, which is crazy because for the first year of the Scott Frost era, the second half of the season was the great part of it. Mm-hmm. But that was the outlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, that was striking that that was kind of what dominated the Husker football conversation earlier in the week. And now that the game is closer, you know, it's still there. And let's see what they can do off of the bye week. This is this is an interesting game on Friday because Northwestern and Nebraska, though from a perception perspective, one team and one program is is in a much better state than the other. But they're both three and three. They're both coming off bye weeks, and they have identical conference records. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the numbers on paper, it's not maybe as tilted as you would maybe assume. They can't stop the run. And I think that's going to be a big determining factor in Saturday's game. But, you know, it, it's weird that you would think it's talking, all the talk would be about football this week because finally you're back to football. Mm-hmm. But instead, the conversation went way off course and way into a, you know, not only a self scout for 2023, but a self scout of the program right. over the past 20 plus years. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, it's it's interesting that he has gone. I mean, he is really trying to exercise the psychological demons in this program, which needs to happen. I mean, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it needs to happen. It'll just be interesting to see if it works. With and the one way of the that first, he's doing it. One of the first steps of doing that, in his opinion, is by confronting it and not just letting those skeletons hide in the closet. Yeah. Like he's pulling everything out. And, yeah, and if you watch the videos that you can see now that they've done, all these videos of inside behind the scenes. He's doing it constantly then, you know, when he's not in front of the press, too. Constantly. Yeah, these videos are pretty fascinating. Yeah, I like, wondered if you'd seen them. Yeah, in fact, last night I, I was a little bit behind, and I spent some time last night when I got home from work just kind of going through and watching the most recent, you know, the access that are that is shown there. Some of those, those are pretty, like, tender moments and special moments, like, in a locker room. Mm-hmm. I think that I think the university likes putting Matt Rule's pregame speeches out there. I think because so, Because there's these little nuggets that it's like, oh, that was good. Right. 
Right. And imagine if you're a 19-year-old football player who's just like charged up, ready to go smack somebody in the mouth, and then you got your coach who's just spitting fire and, and mm-hmm. saying all these things that are just, you know, as a, a 43-year-old man watching that, I'm just like, yeah, go get him. You yeah. know, like, that's awesome. I want to hear. Like, but if you're 19 and then you're ready to run on the field and hit somebody, I can only imagine how that just adds to the adrenaline and some of those emotions that are, that's running through your body. Yeah. It's a good recruiting tool for sure. You think so? that too? How, yeah. Are there, does, do other, I don't know. Do other teams do a lot of stuff like this? Is this common? Not? I, I'm sure they do. Uh, I don't obviously know it as well yeah. because my, don't have well, Nebraska hadn't really before this. But yeah, so. I mean, Nebraska's always done a Nebraska's video production in the last probably seven to ten years has been really good. I mean, they just had really good hype videos, pump up videos. Even when they're going three and nine, you're just like, oh man, you know, look at what mm-hmm. they're able to do with the the video production. Now it's that you're you're really emphasizing the personality of your coaches, your head coach. They're really trying to showcase the culture of what's happening here. And I think a lot of it is, okay, we're three and three. We're probably going to be six and six, seven and five, whatever. That's what we want to be. How can we show these guys what we're building? Because Mm. those numbers don't mean anything. That's interesting. And every coach tells you that they're building their culture, that they're family-oriented or whatever. How can we show this? How can we make it so they can feel it? How can it be so if they're not in that locker room on a visit, it can feel like they were in the locker room? So this I mean, things like and, that. Well, and, you, and you're getting so much more of that anymore. Not just the the full length episodes like Nebraska is putting out. Obviously, we've seen a lot of stuff from Colorado since yep. Deion Sanders got there. But also think about the, the <laughs> made people not want to go there. <laughs> well, th- think about the the Oregon win over Colorado right. uh, when they did the the fully produced recap of that. Yeah. And then ultimately Washington over Oregon, and they did a full five minute recap for social Cinematic. media stuff. Yeah, yeah, they go through and they're they're really. Super producing a lot love of content, content right now. Yeah, they eat it up. They love it. Is it, but mostly for recruiting though? Do you think? Um, like, yeah, like the, the Nebraska thing specifically. It's also you know it helps keep your fan base energized. It makes people feel connected to the team. I mean, how many times did you hear at some point in your life? It doesn't have to be Scott Frost, but that's obviously the most recent coach. Where people just don't feel like they know what's going on with the program, or they don't trust what's happening there. I mean, yeah. a big thing about Matt Rule is presentation, right? Like, he he wants to come across as authentic, and he wants to come across as transparent. One of the ways that you can do that, and it's a manufactured way, which sometimes slips by people's minds, you can control how people think about you by putting this stuff out there. Mm -hmm. You can control how the fans react to things by putting this stuff out there. And I guarantee you, he has final say on what's in there. You think so? I wondered that. And remember... The Carolina Panthers had a production staff that did not like Matt Rule because he was too involved in stuff that they felt was their job. Mm. Part of why he came back to college because this is you know he gets that whole the wow. whole thing of it. On it this is- on the cinematic piece, uh, all these videos as a TV guy, I absolutely love them because some of the video is just like. There are drone shots. There are shots <laughs> inside the huddle. It's almost like somebody's wearing a little camera on their shoulder pad sometimes. Yeah. And it, it's just so fascinating. So well, I love this. They play with the speed of it. Like they'll have this oh, slow, yeah. and then all of a sudden it just bursts. You know, I, 
I really appreciate and it. Some of the video editing software nowadays is just so advanced, so you can really affect this stuff. And uh, my favorite one so far, you know, the Washington cinematic one was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But there was a thing Notre Dame did after Sam Hartman's yes. fourth down run a couple yes. weeks ago. Against Duke. Like yeah. that was against Duke. That was that's probably my favorite one so that's far. So good. I think some of the the university's calling on doing this is for entertainment pur- purposes, not just recruiting and a connecting the viewers but there is so much media out there anymore and now there's an easy avenue to get videos like this out there in the public eyes in youtube so it's almost like they feel like there's an avenue to provide something like this which hasn't been the case over the past 15 20 years because there's more equipment there's more people these football programs have really talented creative media staffs so Give them a new toy to play with. And that's kind of the new toy in college football is to create some of these videos, which are, they're all accessed. They're, they're, they're so advanced in terms of the video production. And I mean, I don't know how many cameras Nebraska runs during the middle of a football game, <laughs> but I really think it's over 12. Yes. When you're down this there, is, this is not like game film stuff. Right. When you're down there tomorrow, take note of how many people are wearing the white Nebraska athletic department vests that have cameras. There's dozens of yes. them. Wow. Well, yeah. Dozens. Another note in all of this is we're, we, we've talked a lot about what this means for recruiting the players or connecting to the fan base or just general entertainment, but there are, there are folks growing up that are teenagers that are trying to get, they're trying to be creative. They're trying to work with this technology. When they see a place like Nebraska do this, they want to come be a student at Nebraska. They, they want to learn and they, they want to try to be part of that creative team. So so it's a lot more that's even outside of specifically the athletes, the student athletes. It's students want to come learn from the, that type of a department. Yeah. The other the other interesting thing about it is football is always different than basketball because I feel like by the end of a, a, a Nebraska basketball season or whoever you follow in basketball, it feels like you really sort of know the players and their personalities in large part because there are more games and you see their faces. It's a naked sport. Yeah. yeah, you see their faces all of the time. Probably the same in baseball, too. But I especially feel that about basketball. I've never felt that way about Nebraska football teams that I follow closely. But, like, you know, I don't know that I would, re- on the street, I would recognize a lot of these players, you know, unless you're covering them day to day. I would because of this video, these videos now, because I'm seeing so much more of Billy Kemp, right? I'm seeing so much more of of Henrich. I'm seeing so much more. I mean, name your guy. There's a bunch of guys who are kind of featured in there. And, Mike, so. what's interesting is, like, th- these players, they're all really good guys on this year's team, but there is no dynamic personality if you go solely off of the press conferences. Uh, right. They say the right things. They're, they, you can tell that they have good values. They're, they're the OOU guys that Matt Rua likes to call them. They're all in on the program. Uh, uh, but they're just there's no Corey McEwen, there's no Jack Gangwish, there's no Kenny Bell, you know, guys that always have something that makes a good headline and is a playful quote that everybody across the fan base sees. There's nobody really on this team that we know of that is that guy. Mm-hmm. But you're still getting a sense of who they are through these videos. That's mm-hmm. what's kind of a fascinating yeah. uh way to examine, you know, what these videos bring in, in the makeup of this year's team. It the, like I said, they're good guys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but to Northwestern real quick, Kevin, I'm curious on your perspective, and you touched on a little bit the similarities of in terms of Nebraska. How surprised are you that they've been able to salvage anything out of this season at all? I watched that first game against Rutgers. Mike and I were talking about it. It was on a Sunday, and they didn't look good at all. Um, and I was like, they might that 
that they might not be winning this year. Even before the games. Rutgers games. Yeah. You know, because everything that that program went through in the offseason. And I remember sitting at Big Ten Media Days with David Braun, and you know, I felt terrible for him because he was in a horrible spot. And there was no Northwestern leadership that was going to speak publicly, and he was the first guy to really do it. And you just got the sense that there, there's the dark cloud is so dark that there's really no path forward. And that this was just a completely uh, a lost season as they tried to figure out what was going to happen internally in the football program, in the athletic department, and then just in the university as a whole. But the fact that David Braun has got these guys to buy in, Matt Rule made an interesting point, too, that there weren't a bunch of dudes that hit the transfer portal, despite everything that's been said publicly about that team and that program. So David Braun has found a way for this team to stay disciplined. They they don't they've turned the ball over five times the entire season, mm-hmm. and they're low penalties, and they kind of ugly a game up, and that's yeah. how they've won the three games. Say what you want about the opponents they've beaten, but they have three wins. Yep. And I think if you pulled a hundred people, ninety percent of the people would probably say that team's going to go winless this year, mm-hmm. just because or of one win, yeah, or, yeah, or maybe or like say maybe they're going to be Howard. they're yeah. going to be an FCS yeah. team. Yeah. Um, but winning a conference game, yeah, in the way that they won that Minnesota game, it was a fascinating, entertaining game, yeah. a late night one, and you're like, they're not really going to win it, are they? And they did. <laughs> yep. So they're yeah. not a complete pushover opponent. Now I'm getting scared about my pick. Should I might have scared. to adjust it after Kevin just talked up Northwestern like that. Should be scared. I, I didn't talk too much about X's and O's and what they have on the field. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do that coming up next. The picks are coming up right after this. It's a Friday Husker tailgate on KLIN. You're listening to Lincoln's radio home of Husker football, men's basketball, and baseball with a little volleyball and women's hoops thrown in. 1,499.3 KLIN. Bragging rights mean everything to these guys. So, let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pickskin Picks of the Week. Brought to you by Exchange Bank on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, Caleb has updated the standings and it's pretty much bad news for me. Uh, Caleb, interestingly, updating the standings and he's the one in first place. Hmm. It happens. Got six last week. Got all four of the head-to-head games right. Also got his Iowa upset outright against Wisconsin. So big big week for him. He's in first place now alone at 27. Mike into second place. He had five last week. He also got all four of the head-to-head games right and got the Wyoming cover. Yeah. So a, little, a good day. Couldn't quite beat Caleb, so he falls one point short. Kevin a little bit back on the pace. He gets three of the four head-to-head game right, games right. Didn't get his upset. Wasn't closest on Nebraska. I, though, did get two points. I only got one of the head-to-head game rights. I got yeah, So I got a through. question here. Yes. You took Wisconsin to win. How did you have the closest score? So what it is is when you have that first point, like your your first score that you list there, yeah. is to Wisconsin. So then it's minus that to get to Wisconsin score. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. He does it. Whatever. All right. All right. I just wondered because you obviously were the one that picked Iowa to win, so I would think that you would also have the closest. I, I score didn't. There. I didn't pick Iowa to win. He in picked the game. Wisconsin I, just I, to uh, cover. Yeah, I picked but Wisconsin. He gets two but, points. He's but not in the right. upset. Yeah. So I really. All right. So I really was very accurate if you think about it. Uh, so <laughs> Caleb, Mike, Kevin, me, uh, twenty-seven, twenty-six, twenty-five, twenty-two are the numbers. All right. Let's get into the picks for this week. A slobber knocker in the Big Ten East: Rutgers at Indiana. Guys, I picked it just because it's hard to know who's going to win this thing, and so that's why I did it. Caleb. 
have uh, you are first. Who do you have in this? Give one? me the Scarlet Knights for bowl eligibility. Ooh, all right. Rutgers, he's going with Rutgers. Mike, I'm going to take Rutgers, and I don't think it's a stretch to say I think they're like the sixth or seventh best team in the conference. Wow. I think Indiana's last, so this wow. felt easy. To Indiana make. looked good for a quarter and a half against Michigan. Okay. You want to take him, Kevin? Then the sign stealing started? No, I, <laughs> yeah, probably. Rutgers is going to win this game. That, like, I have high. If we had confidence points on this, I'd put all my confidence <laughs> points on Rutgers I'm beating Kevin Indiana. Here. You know what? Okay, yeah. I respect Tom Allen. Indiana. Give me the Hoosiers that's, on that one. That's I respect him. All right. <laughs> Next one. Uh, Penn State at Ohio State. This is probably the one that's getting more attention, it seems like. This I'm going to do it. Give me, give me Penn State. I bet you're not the only one, Mike. Yeah, Penn State. Kevin? Ohio State. I'll take Penn State, too. Oh, Three okay. out of four going with the okay. dog on that one. All right. Next game is in the ACC. Clemson at Miami. Two teams struggling. Somebody can kind of turn things around a little bit here. Caleb, who you got? Let's go with the home team on this one. Miami. Canes. If they Caleb down, and I are just in lockstep. I'm going <laughs> Miami. I think they actually close this one out, unlike the Georgia Will Tech Will they game. take a knee if they're ahead? And that's why I cannot pick them. I can't trust a coach like that, so I'm going to take Clemson. Ooh, Kevin's the outlier today. I've got the Canes, too, on this right. one. Kevin's going to get a big So lead. Caleb and I are didn't not going to get a lot right. Didn't you hear Dabo say maybe they should lose yeah. more games? I think he's going to take his own uh, advice literally. I here feel like Jack's just taking us down with the ship. Utah at USC. USC coming off a whew, rough performance against Notre Dame. Omaha's Xavier Watts almost destroyed their offense single-handedly. Caleb, who you got? I'll still go with USC. All right. You stick with USC? Trojans. All right. <laughs> USC? That's incredible. I've got USC, too. I can't get anybody. I can't get enough people to take other teams. All right. Upset of the week here at this point, Caleb. What do you got? Uh, let's go with Rocky Top, Tennessee, plus nine and a half at Alabama. Ooh. Beat them last year. I have uh, in the email here South Carolina plus seven and a half. I didn't put their opponent. I'm pretty sure it's Missouri. Pretty sure they're at Missouri this week. Seven and a half. I'm taking the game. All right, there you go, Kevin. Colorado State's getting seven and a half against UNLV. You guys are all nodding. I had that one too. I don't want to copy you, so I'm switching it up. Sign stealing gate. I think Michigan State comes out on fire. I don't know what they're getting right now, but give me the Spartans, whatever okay. they're, whatever it is. Like I'll 20s. look it up here. Yeah, there's there's a big line on that. Yeah, well, who knows? Now I hope you hit that one. I what? hope you get the two pointer. You know well, what? I hope you get that too. Thank you, thank you guys for cheering for me. It feels nice. <laughs> All right, Nebraska Northwestern. What do you got for the score, Caleb? I know Mike has tried to talk us all down on this. I'm going to go Nebraska 45 to 10. Cool. Good luck. Give it to me. Give me that all day. Holy cow. As someone who runs a message board, I would love for Caleb to be right here, but I think this is going to be an ugly, classic Nebraska Northwestern fourth quarter game that makes you question everything you know about football. Nebraska 17, Northwestern 13. Oh, jeez. Kevin? We're pretty close, Mike. I say Nebraska 23, Northwestern 13 with a late score to stretch it. And I've got a little bit of a weird score, but I'm kind of with Kevin. I've got Nebraska 29, Northwestern 13. How Nebraska is 29, I have no idea, but that's what I've got. All right. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Mike, Kevin, appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. Caleb, I'll see you on Monday. All right. We'll be back for the show then. See you later, everybody. Have a good weekend. Go Big Red, 858-KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Auction pitch out to the side. It's a touchdown, Nebraska. Think 1,499-3, KLIN.